welcome to the Geeking Poetic Podcast channel. On this channel, we have shows and segments that contain adult humor, bad language, dirty jokes, and other stuff that is strictly for mature audiences only. So if you're too young or too sensitive for this kind of material, then please do not watch our channel or our videos. This channel is not for you. Thanks much. And now, on with the show! About to fall over. And welcome, everybody, to a new episode of Geeking Poetic Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Larry Roberts. Uh, this uh, little checkerboard over to my right here <laughs> that's harsh on the S's today, apparently. I really am. I'm so sorry, guys. <laughs> she is so sorry. So sorry. So sorry. It is none other than... Megan Guess. Oh, boy. Here we go. <laughs> Gladly she's not going to be saying her name a bunch during this episode. And... Who's this over here, man? It's a yeah, it's handsome stud we got. Yeah, oh, you guys are sweet. Thank you. With the with the hair going mighty high there. Yes, my, my mine quaff. goes mine goes down and his goes up. Oof. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Uh, not man. What are, what are you? You're you're all you're a man of it's everything. Yeah, a jack of many talents. Right of all trades. He's wow. Mr. Pierogi. He is the lead vocalist and guitarist in Underground Profits. He has his own business he's he's you've done man you're all over the fucking place uh, you know what life has been very good to me and i can't complain and now i get to hang out with you guys and talk about geeky stuff all day this is gonna yeah, be awesome well <laughs> this is this is ranking a little low on his list no this is awesome there. but uh it is introduce yourself hi uh my name is matt Valukas. uh i hang out with larry roberts and megan quite a bit off camera uh, I do play Mr. Progi. Uh, I'm in Underground Profits. I play some acoustic stuff on the side with Mr. Larry Roberts right. as the moniker of Matt and Larry. It's a very wow. It, name. How about that fucking name? Huh? Uh huh. That's pretty good. Uh, but and then Matt, he's Matt, and you're Larry. That's correct. Okay. That's correct. Yes. No, yes. you got that completely wrong. Wouldn't that be great though if like we flipped it just to be you know, mess with people? Yeah. You like, should. The, like the stage names. I think we should yeah, do that. That'd be awesome. Um, but I do. I own an advertising agency out of Hobart called V, as in Victor. Uh, which was from my last name, so it's Valukas V's and Victor A L. Yeah, you're very big on the on the the monogram thing. Mon like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta the, own the, the V. Fucking V's you gotta everywhere. own the V. Yeah. You gotta own that V. Fucking victory at V. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. yeah. So man, yeah, it's good to have you on here because obviously, I mean, you know, Meg and I have been doing this for oh three and a half years or more now. And uh, we're always talking about stuff, but we're usually doing it on the mic and everything. But Matt and I talk about this kind of stuff all the damn time. We're <laughs> always talking about yeah. everything from Marvel to Star Wars to Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, various things that we um, theorize about and throw different things back and forth. And been saying for a while, like, man, we should just get you on the show. So and I was like, yes, please, let's do it. So finally, I had some Here black, yeah, I had some blackmail material. Uh -huh. That I was able to use against him. Right, and I had an extra forty bucks, so I could give each of them twenty to let me be on the show. Yeah, so it it all it's kind of worked win. out. It's totally yeah. it win win win. Yeah, exactly. Because twenty bucks is twenty bucks. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, as you may notice, if you haven't seen the last couple of things that we put out on the channel of uh, Vito, he's still around. He's still technically a part of it, but 
That boy's got a lot going on in his life, man. He's a busy man. Oh, he is so busy. And he's now he's working again and uh he he said he's hating life to going back to work and stuff. He's gonna if he watches this, he's gonna be sitting there just nodding his head like fucking right. But uh yeah, so he you know, he's still we still love you, Vito, but in the meantime, you know, we're going to start and we talked about this for so long, getting more guests on and everything and people like Matt on there, so we took this opportunity you know, running with it. We're, yes. Exactly. Making it, Making it happen. Exactly. Meg yeah. picked him up, just yeah. Over I, I head. literally carried Matt in here. It was like it was like head. it was like fireman style. It yeah. was awesome. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. like over the threshold. It's like yeah. we just got married. It was right. beautiful. And she just it's ran with him. How's your back doing? Uh, uh, I don't want to talk about it. Right okay. Right. So what we also thought would be kind of cool about this is because, um, obviously, I mean, we still have plenty of things we could talk about with Vito and everything, too, but it, we always kind of skewed it towards certain things, you know, that we knew that the, that trio had in common. Uh, but we thought, well, you know, with Matt, we've got some other things that we've got in common and everything, which one of those is, you know, we love comedies. We're always, we're always you know, in for a good laugh. Mm-hmm. Usually at other people's expense. Usually, yeah. Or, yeah. or at each Are, other's. Yeah, yeah. More, more than likely. <laughs> so, we thought uh, we'd do something kind of cool, and when we were brainstorming about this uh, several weeks back, we came up with doing a top five comedy ensemble films, right? Now, are we agreed that we're just doing films for this? Correct. Are we doing, okay. Correct. Because I originally, I thought we were going to maybe do, you know, because there's some great comedy ensemble TV shows. Mm-hmm. There's tons yeah, of them. That's a whole other topic. Yeah. It really Easy. is. Yeah, it really is because there's, I, when I was trying to narrow those down, I was like, boy, boy, I'd have a tough time just picking five just TVs. So, mm-hmm. sticking with the films and everything. Uh, so, what Let's let the audience know at home. We kind of set some, yeah, some Mm -hmm. guidelines. So, Matt, for you, for example, what, what, how did you kind of set your guidelines for yourself? Um, I looked at this as there wasn't one specific leading person in the movie itself. It was a group of people. um, Perhaps the storylines kind of diverged, and it didn't follow one individual. It was maybe a bunch of those that all kind of came together. You know, maybe it was a trio of people that we followed, but it wasn't like one starring vehicle for somebody. Gotcha. Okay. I'm hoping you guys did the same, otherwise this could be really awkward. Yeah, no, no, more or less. I mean, to a certain degree, I think, even when we talked about it, I think we agreed that there, you know, there could be a little bit of fluctuation just as long as we're all in the same ballpark and stuff. Because some, in some cases, like, I had to set certain parameters just for myself even because... If I didn't, I, I would never be able to narrow these down. You know, what about you, Meg? Did you have some? Um, I was very similar to you, except for three people. I made it at least four or more. People. Okay. I did the same. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because when I was just looking at trio films and stuff, I was like, oh, gosh, man, there's so many. I could just do trio, on, yeah. you know, films and stuff. So I said, nah, I think the only way I could make this work for me would be... To, to have to make it like a, even larger, and I think in most cases I went even larger than yeah, than quartet. Did. Oh, did you? Okay, because yeah. well, I know. And on my list, you know, looking at it now, I think four is the smallest number that I had. But there, oh, were, okay. there were some movies that I considered that were like three people, um, but it just right. it, it, it was right on that border where you know it, it didn't quite feel right. Weirdly enough, exactly. Oh yeah, there was a few that even when I started out trying to make my list, there was some that I initially thought for sure was going to make my list. And then the more I really thought about it, I said, no, I don't think these qualify. 
and it was it's kind of interesting because yeah it really it really changed a lot of things around on my list and everything i have one that kind of break my rules okay. but not really hmm. i'll explain it when we get to it you know i kind of have one of those two it's like right on the cusp of does it fit within the rules and again I'll, when we get there I'll see if you guys notice which of the five that one is. Right. Okay. I'm curious okay. too. But I'm also curious, like as we're going, if there's one that like you may say to me, that doesn't really fit as an ensemble comedy and here's why. I would be very curious to see if that's the case for you, how you interpreted how an ensemble comedy works. Well, that's kind of what I thought would be fun about doing it this way is because, it, you know, we like I said, we, I think we gave each other a pretty general guideline of, you know, what what would count and what wouldn't, but there's a lot of room for interpretation yep. here, so it'll be fun debate. And yeah, if some of your if your some of your shit is just wrong, Matt, I'm gonna fucking call you out on That's it. That's fair. Well, before we start, I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> I, I brought some conversational <laughs> scotch, so I'm gonna top off my glass oh. before we dump into the the top five. And uh, what kind of scotch is that? So uh, so uh, brought brought to you by <laughs> Flaviar. This is actually, uh, it is an advent calendar of scotches. So oh, they give wow. you 25 different ones to sample. Um, and I kind of went out of order, so this is number 17. <laughs> and the funny thing is, I totally don't even know what it is. I have to save these for when I get home to look them up. Right. But oh. but I figured this was a little less alcoholic than bringing an entire bottle with me. So, yeah. Yeah. Instead, he just has his pockets yeah, stuffed full of a bunch of small bottles. Jingle, jingle, jingle. Do we hear his scotch bells, bottles ring? <laughs> yeah. All right, so here's what we're going to do yes. is um, the format. <laughs> you're knocking Sorry, things I'm over like there. Stuff over. Oh boy, you've been you've been knocking stuff over ever since All you night. got here. Yeah, All yeah. <laughs> here's what I want to do. Um, I would like to go around because I think this will make it a little bit quicker. I would like to go around, and we're just going to list each one starting at number five. We don't have to expound upon it as we list it. Uh, we'll go number five, number four, number three, number two, number one. So for you people that don't care what we have to say about it and you just want to hear what our top five is, well, you can watch the first, you Wait, know. no longer. Yeah, exactly. Cash it out and get out. Exactly. <laughs> but then we will go back because there's a chance that we're going to have overlapping uh, I'm sure. choices. Yeah. So there's no sense in talking about it twice. You know what I mean? Fair we'll enough. Just, we'll just go around and address each movie. So. I like to start with the guest. Well, thank you. And I would like to know, what is your number five favorite comedy ensemble film? Weirdly enough, out of my five, like once I once I had my, my picks of like my pool of where I wanted to go, my top four fell in really easily, which I was surprised by. Okay. Number five, it was in between a couple of different ones. Um, yeah. but, but for number five, I settled on the hot tub time machine. Oh, that's a good okay. one. <laughs> so weirdly enough, it was between that airplane or uh and i i shouldn't say i'm gonna give these away so we, we'll talk after but it yeah, was just interesting like how honorable mentions yeah there were some honorable mentions so we'll come back to that term. no it's okay yeah wait i got a little get, overzealous no it's okay because <laughs> i'm so excited i know i totally am that's a that's a no it's good that you said that because it sets me up a little bit okay so but uh not my turn yet it is megan's turn it's my turn our guest and then guess yeah uh -huh. guest and guess and megan you say all the s's <laughs> it's <laughs> guest guess ass Yes. The S. Yes. Leave, leave the S to the end. The S end. The S end. All right, just give me your damn number five. I went with 2010's Grown Ups. Oh. Grown Ups, okay. Wow. Yeah. Didn't see that one coming, did no, you? No, I didn't, actually. No. Uh -huh. <laughs> well, and that's what I think is going to be kind of fun about this. Like, as I was thinking about ensemble comedies, there are certain ones I'm sure that you're going to be like, oh, I'm like, 
damn, why didn't I think about that? Right. Like, I'm excited about this. Yeah. Right. Like, I, not to not to interject, but you guys did the Tarantino one, so I kind of knew, you know, like watching that last right. podcast, where you know some of those movies were going to rank. Like, you had like a finite list of ones to go from. So when as you guys were listing, I'm like. That's gonna be in here. Right. No, this one is so wide open that like I have no clue. Exactly. So, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Oh the no, it's okay. It. It's all right. No, it's all right. Uh, but speaking of what you were saying a couple minutes ago, number five, I kind of had the same situation as you. My my first three, I felt my top three fell in pretty easily. Uh, four was a little harder, and then five, it was just like, Ugh, I don't know, I, gosh, there's so many. Hot Tub Time Machine was one of those options. It did not make the list. Mm. It was... It was, yeah, it got the boot. Yeah, if it was in Canada, he really got the boot. Yeah, that's what it's a boot. Uh, but anyway, so it did not make my number five. That would be an honorable mention type thing. And we could do some honorable mentions later if we feel like it. But ironically, what just flew right in there uh -huh. in its place was 1980s Airplane. That's so nice. funny. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so. You guys See? Have to waste it, fucking much. Okay. And that's okay. Like, I, I, I don't feel bad knocking it off the list because you put it on there. So it still made it. I'm cool yep. with that. Yeah. All right. So we got Hot Tub Time Machine, Grown Ups, and Airplane. Mm -hmm. That's our number fives. All right. We're already on to number four. Number four for me was Cannonball Run. Dude. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> See. What? We'll get there. Yeah. We'll get. Uh, okay. I know. I No, I'm down because Cannonball Run is fucking awesome. Right? That totally belongs in there uh, in my in my book, yeah. but obviously that's not going to be Megan's number four. <laughs> so what's your number four? My number four, I went with 1984's Ghostbusters. Okay, nice. yeah, and see that's that's one of those ones huh? that when we talk about it, that yeah, you know, I'm going to debate a little bit, but we'll 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 see. Debate all you want. I'm just saying. I'm just yeah. saying. Okay. All right. Well, and this one, I mean. I gotta explain a little bit. So this one's a little bit of a cheat, kind of. Because this is a movie that was a remake. And the original is almost as amazing in my book uh, as the remake is. I'm technically choosing the remake. But I will talk a little bit about the original too. And uh, what I'm talking about is a movie that originally came out in 1960 and then it came out again in 2001. And it is... Ocean's Eleven. So, yeah, if you're familiar with that. I mean, they're two. They're technically very different movies. They actually, are, very but, much so. But it's still counted as a remake. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I, I skew more towards the uh, the 2000 and, or 2001 version of it and stuff. So, All right, so we got Cannibal Run. We got Ghostbusters and Ocean's Eleven. Mm -hmm. All right, moving on to number three. All right, my number three was 2001's Super Troopers. Oh, wow. I didn't even think of that movie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No shit. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, see, this is a real interesting right? movie. It's, it's getting cool later. I'm, I'm wow. Okay. All right. Super Troopers. All right, Megan, you're number three. I went with 1985's Clue. Very nice. Mm, I love that movie. Yeah, I know you do. <laughs> Clue, yeah, that's definitely an ensemble. I went... Uh, with a movie from 1978, a little uh, John Landis film known as Animal House. Excellent choice. Yeah, I love me some Animal Excellent House. Excellent so choice. Looking forward to talking about that. All right, so Matthew, you had gone with Super Troopers, yes. and you went with Clue, and then I have the old Animal House. Uh, 
All right, moving on to number two, Matthew. My number two was actually your number four. Ah, Ocean's Eleven. Very nice. Yes, yes, the two thousand one version. Okay, okay, crossover. Yes. (laughs) All right, so we got we got we finally got some crossover here. Uh, Megan, your number dose. (laughs) I went with two thousand seven Wild Hogs. Wild Hogs. Okay. Nice. Again, one of those ones I forgot about. I'm like, I love that one. Yeah, she's good on the like the more, the more. Yeah, usually I think I'm like the one that might be pulling out like the obscure things. I'm like, my choice is 1937 Stage Door, you know, and stuff. And they're they're looking at me like, what the fuck, Grandpa? What are you talking about? It's cool that you're throwing out some real uh, left uh, left turns. Yeah, some curveballs exactly. Left field things here. All right. Well, we have another crossover pick here because uh without a doubt my number two is a film from 1985 known as clue yes fucking love that movie it's so dumb (laughs) the dumber the better yeah well we're big fans of the game too so that's my favorite board game so that 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 gave it extra points and everything but all right so yeah you said uh oceans 11 oceans 11 and then you said wild hogs Mm -hmm whatever the hell that is and then, I love that movie I'm teasing I know what it is but and then I picked Clue so see there you go folks are already at our number one the big red one that's not one of the movies that's no. not a comedy no not at all no it's a good movie though Matthew my number one is your number two and your number three Really? 1985's Clue. Yes. Really? My I number one. Did yes. not expect wow. that. Uh-huh. That's awesome. Okay, good. Well, we'll save that one for last to talk about then, yeah. man, because... Uh, I didn't see that coming at all. That's, that's yeah. real high up for us. Yeah, okay. Got a movie night coming, I feel I like. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> all right, Clue and uh, Megan. All right, so this one's my little bit of a cheat. Uh-oh. So it's 2006 Night at the Museum. Yeah, that's a little debatable, but... Yes. I know it is. I know it is. But I'll explain more Okay, once we get into it. All right. Okay. All right. All right. Interesting. Night, yeah, Night at the Museum. That'll be, yeah, that is interesting. All right, and then here's where Grandpa steps in. <laughs> oh, boy. Because uh, for my number one choice, I had to go with a movie going all the way back, all the way back to 1963. In my opinion, the movie that started them all... It is a movie called It's a Mad, 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 Mad World. Which was not done by Kubrick. No, I don't think so. Cool. All right, cool. Cool. So, yeah, well... So, and and, and other than the title, I mean, I clearly know nothing about it, (laughs) so... uh, That'll be interesting to talk about. Yeah, I think so. All right, cool. Well, then, yeah, let's just uh, just dig in and we'll start talking about all these different movies. Cool. So, here we go. Let's just, I don't know, let's just jump into some of these movies. Your number five, Matthew. What yes. was your, your number five again was uh, uh, Hot, Hot Top, Top Time, Time Machine. Machine. Yeah, let's talk about that one. All right, so uh, 2010. Um, the plot is basically there is a malfunctioning time machine that sends these four guys back to 1986. They are staying at this 
the ski resort that was the mecca of awesomeness in 1986. That's about right. Yeah, in 2010 has just been completely run down. They were trying to regain their youth again. So they go and they hang out and it, there's nobody there. They use the time machine, something electrocutes and they wake up in 1980, was it 1986? Yeah. Um, but so basically like that is like my lifelong dream. Right. Is please just send me back to 1986. Right. <laughs> so as far as like the ensemble goes, we have John Cusack in it. Yeah. We have Craig Robinson, uh, Rob Corddry, uh, Clark Duke. Uh, yeah. You may know him from The Office in the later right. seasons. Right. Um, Sebastian Stan, right. Little Winter Soldier, was in it. Yep. Uh, Chevy Chase, yep. Crispin Glover, Lizzie Kaplan, and the always awesome William Zabka. Yep. So if it's got Billy Zabka in it, it's good. It's, it's, it's a good. Winner. Um, so you know, it's just one of those things. I I love anything time travel related. I just something about that. Like I, you know. I think it was the Back to the Future in me. Like that was like my favorite movie when I was a kid. So anything that has to do with time travel, I think is awesome. Um, and one of the things I like about time travel is the movies seem to either take one of two approaches. One is that butterfly effect that if you go back, you're going to change something, you're going to do right. something. So don't touch anything, don't fuck with it, because if you do, the future that you're the pet, you know, what you have, the future is completely Change. changed when you get yeah. back. Or it's much like uh, Infinity War and Endgame that you're splitting off into an alternate timeline right. without touching it. Right. Um, and this is one of those, if you go back, the butterfly flaps his wings and you change something. <laughs> right. So ideally you're not trying to change anything about it. But, you know, they are themselves as they were, you know, 25 years prior. And it's right. just the, the hijinks that ensue are just hilarious. I love anything that's got John Cusack in it, which is cool. Yeah, I'm a big John Cusack fan as well. Yeah, no. People seem to kind of go either way on him, and I've just been a fan for many, many yeah, years. Yeah, to me, he's fantastic. Yeah, um, and I'm also a big fan, like, any comedy to me that's quotable, that has, like, moments that, like, I can either, like, I will guffaw out loud, I think are awesome, or it's just got some of those quotable moments. Now, have you guys seen Hot Top Time Machine? Oh, I yeah. You have. It's been a lot. Yeah, I haven't seen it in a while. I saw it probably, like, three times, I guess. You know, it wasn't, it's not one that I own or have saved, you know, on uh, in an app or anything like that. So I haven't, it's one, if you wanted to put it on, I'd be like, fuck yeah, like, yeah. let's watch it. But it's just one of those ones that I haven't revisited in a while and everything, but... I mean that's I think that's a perfect choice. Like I said, I I was considering that as well, but I, when I realized that I hadn't seen it in so long, I was like, no, okay, yeah. I'm gonna pick something else then because I'd be cheating a little bit since yeah. it's been so long and everything. But it's a perfect ensemble film. It I is, think. and to me, it's got all the things that I love. Like we were talking, you know, off camera a while ago about the fact that I love movies where they break the fourth wall. Right. And at one point, Craig Robinson, like they're in the hot tub, and he looks right at the camera, and he's like it must be some sort of a hot tub time machine. <laughs> so not only does he break the fourth wall to look at the camera, but they say the name of the movie the in the movie, and anytime you say the title of the movie, I'm like, he's at it! Yeah. I'm watching that now, it's great! <laughs> you know, but um, there's a scene in the very beginning when they're driving to the, the ski resort, and John Cusack is lamenting on this girlfriend that he had, and that's where the relationship just went south, and that's right. why they end up at this particular weekend for him to still be with this girl that once they broke up, the scope of his life completely changes. And when they are uh, driving up, they're talking about her being the great white buffalo. And everybody in the car just says that, great white buffalo. Great white buffalo. And they just all <laughs> reply, great white buffalo. Except for the young kid who's like, what are you guys talking about? Why are you saying great white buffalo? It's like he's not in on the joke. Right. But it's become like that quotable thing for me that anytime something really cool happens, like or something that was meant to be, I'll turn to my wife and I'm like, great white buffalo. <laughs> and she's like, I could see that. It's, yeah, it's awesome. So, yeah. 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 It's just got one of the, to me, it's got that quotable <laughs> moment that you're like, yeah, that sticks. So, 
Yeah, no, I think the chemistry together, I think, is just fantastic in the entire movie. Like, it works out so very well. It's got, to me, it's it's awesome because Sebastian Stan, you know, uh, Winter Soldier, he plays that, um, that like frat rich kid, you know, from right. the 80s. Which is perfect. Um, it's, yeah, he, it suits him really, really well, but he believes that the four of them, because they've come back in time and they're acting differently, that they're Russian spies. And to <laughs> right. me, like in that 80s trope, like it was all about the Cold War and all of that stuff, yep. and like Red Dawn. So it just, it, to me, that going back in time with them as this foursome just strikes that perfect 80s resonance of paying it homage without making fun of it too much. Right. So to me, I think maybe it's more about the comedy itself than it is about the the cast that's in it, mm-hmm. but it's their interactions with it. Because e- each of them were there in 1986, so when they go back, they all have their own storylines that they're right. trying to either course correct or make better or something like that, where it's not just John Cusack's film, it's all four of them. I was just going to say, yeah, and that's why I said this is, I think, a perfect choice for that, because even though you've got certain characters or certain stars that you could go, well, that you know, John Cusack's the big guy. Yeah, there's, there's always, like, a big guy there, but I don't feel that he's necessarily so much more focused on or so much more important mm-hmm. than, the, than the rest of them in there. I think it really works because of that cast of characters and and how they all balance out how it all comes together yeah that's a perfect choice man yeah that like i said if it, if other uh, circumstances being what they were it might have been on my list but yeah it got bumped so so like when we're going for the honorable mention so my the other yeah. one was your number five and then the other one that almost made the cut was galaxy quest so it was between oh, those wow. three. I haven't um, seen that in a long yeah. time. So, but uh, like I said, overall, if if uh, what I kind of judge this on, like if I'm flipping through the channels and one of them is on, right, which is the one that I'm most likely going to sit and watch again. That's kind of what I did. And yeah. they, for me, it was Hot Tub Time Machine. Like I love Airplane, and I'll watch that anytime. I can pretty much quote that from beginning to end. <laughs> but because I can quote it from beginning to end, like I I enjoy it, but like not as much. And uh, well, let's we'll talk about it when we get to yours. Yeah, so yeah. I don't want to. Why don't we, yeah. you guys? Flip-flop it. Why don't you talk about Airplane now? Well, yeah, I may as well do that since we both kind of had the same fight for five there, you know, for the fifth position. Yeah, Airplane. I mean, the thing for me was this was much like what my number one pick was, ironically. This was probably one of the very first films of this type that I had ever seen. Um, And it was so disorienting. Well, first of all, because I was a kid, I was much too young. And I'm going to tell a real quick story that's funny about it, too. I'll keep it brief. But uh, I went and saw this movie as a double feature with my parents when it came out in 1980 at the Lands Theater in Lansing, Illinois. Nice. Okay? And it was a double feature with the movie that I wanted to see that night, which was Popeye. You know me and my Popeye. I fucking love Robin Williams' Popeye. That movie's amazing. Anyway, so for whatever odd reason, they chose to air Airplane first and Popeye after. And uh, and my parents were kind of worried because I was notorious for being the kid that would fall asleep at the movie theater all the time. I actually made it through the whole thing this time. You should have been worried that you'd go and repeat what you heard in the movie in the school. Well, that was a big part of it because what I did end up having, I didn't get all these gags in Airplane Man. You know, I didn't know what speaking jive was about. I didn't get so many of so many of the gags in that movie. I just thought that the Robert Hayes doing the staying alive dance and stuff, you know, I thought like that was so funny, you know, and everything. And I was, go- I was going, my dad wanted to see it because it was totally his kind of humor. He loved it. 
And but so I'm sitting there in this theater, and then there's the one scene when everything just goes completely haywire on the plane when they all realize, and then all of a sudden, a big, uh-huh. big uh-huh. Uh-huh. as uh-huh. as big uh-huh. as could be pair of naked boobs uh-huh. just boobs flashes. They were mine as well. (laughs) They were mine as well. And that's one thing, but they were also the first boobs I ever saw in giant (laughs) movie screen size. And I was just like, whoa. (laughs) And my mom my mom was like, oh shit, you know, it was like and by the time she tried to like cover my eyes, you know damage was done. And yeah, so it was just like, well, that one got past us Uh and everything. And I was just like, I don't even know what to think right now, (laughs) you know, about this. I just wanted to see Papa. <laughs> so, so yeah, so that's uh, so that's why it made my list it was because <laughs> it was the first pair of tits I saw. No, I but I this was one of those movies that again I consider this um, a good choice because even though I know some people again might say Robert Hayes' character and stuff was like, well, that's the he's the main character, and I'm like, yeah, they kind of pivoted around him, you know, in a way, but it's one of those ones where I feel like. That whole cast is so crucial to the flow of this film and what makes it work so well. I don't feel like there is that he is like the main star. You don't really get that vibe. You don't really get the vibe that anybody in this movie is like a main star. It's like they're all feeding off each other. I love the fact that they're all trapped on this fucking plane. They're either in a plane or at the uh, the tower, tower. You know, and. It, just what a goddamn another quotable, funny yeah. quotable movie. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, you, I, I, is there almost a think about this for a second? Is there a week, a week, that goes by when you're on Facebook, Instagram, you're at work that you don't hear somebody or read somebody fucking throw out an airplane quote mm-hmm. in there? Anytime somebody says about Shirley this, and it's, and it's inevitably somebody's going to say, don't call me Shirley. Uh-huh. Like, there's so many things that are quoted from that movie. And, you know. In my family, anytime you spill something, you've got a drinking problem. Yeah. <laughs> drinking problem. Exactly. I'm going to pick the wrong you know, day to stuff something blue. Yeah. You know, Roger, Roger, you uh-huh. know, all that yeah, stuff. What's your vector, Victor? Yeah, yeah, what's your vector, Victor? Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. We do that stuff all the time, and it just ingrained itself into me at such a young age. That that kind of humor and it and it sort of introduced me to that sort of kind of madcap humor like that. Well, and that's what I love. Like to me, that was the same world as Spaceballs. It was the same right. world as Naked Gun. Mm-hmm. You know, it was that so absurd aspect that you know, uh, Top Secret with Val Kilmer, yes. one of my ultimate favorite movies. It's that same kind of just over the top. Uh, you know, the Zaz brothers, uh, the Zucker brothers. You know, were right. just fantastic with that. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, the reason that didn't make my list was I always felt. It was tough sometimes to discern the main cast from the cameos. Sure, I could see that to a degree. So, like, I wasn't quite, I didn't quite feel as comfortable putting it in a full ensemble, even though, it, I mean, it truly is. I mean, it's, you know, it's it's the pilot, it's, you know... It's, it almost it's feels like almost everybody in that movie is, uh, it, it's, it blurs the line, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, between cameo... Because some things, it's like, do you really... I don't know. That's what I said. That's why... And that's kind of why it ranked a little further down for me, is because some of it is cameo-ish, but they do show up more frequently than just, like, one time. And they end up being so popular, such a popular part of the movie. Just like, 
I can't I can't think of the actor's name, but what's his nuts that's that's doing all the goofy stuff mm. in the in the tower that keeps you know. I can make a brooch. Yeah, exactly. Like large. I mean, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, you could sit there and say, well, that's a you know, well, but you know, he's kind of he just pops in real quick and he's uh -huh. it's kind of a cameo, but. Like, dude, it's just one of the best parts of the movie, yes. and, it, and he doesn't just show up once. So, I, I hear you. Yeah, it it, it kind of walks a line. Yeah. You know, it does kind of walk a little bit of a like, line. To me, and, and this is me, I'm probably like overanalyzing this a little bit too much, but you know, for some of those cameo characters, if if you pull them out of the film, does the story still make sense? Right. Um, you know, for like an, a true ensemble comedy, do we need every member of that ensemble in order for it to work? Um, and, and again, it's it's splitting hairs at it's that point because yeah, points, you've got certain yeah. characters that they've got a lot of screen time and it's hilarious, right? But does that truly count as an ensemble film? Yeah, I that's what I said. I agree with that point. I feel like this one walks a line well enough. I'm just that, arguing with you to argue with this. No, point. no, no. I mean, it's it's a valid <laughs> fun, it's yeah, a right? it's a valid point though. I mean, it, mm -hmm. it is totally valid. So. Anyway, yeah, I I think it's a I think it's a great movie, and it and it kind of had to make my list because as as awesome as uh, a Time Machine is, um, I, to me, like I said, this because it was such an influential film and what it spawned and everything, mm -hmm. and how how it's still forty one years later so quotable and so remembered, and it's such a it's it became such a thing. Right. I'm like, yeah, it it. it it feels like it belongs in a top five. But it's also interesting to me that, you know, much like Blazing Saddles, the humor of the day was so very different. Ooh. So very different. A movie yeah. like, yeah, Airplane would never be made no. today for what it is. So, no. I mean, when you look at it as this time capsule of that period, I enjoy it for that, too. Yeah, kind that, of that too. little history lesson of it. Because I um, think it was also, it was harmless. I mean, even though there's, you know, yeah, outdated kind of humor. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, people say, well, it's inappropriate now. Okay, but I also feel that most of it, with <laughs> a few exceptions, is still it's still pretty harmless for the most yeah. part. Stuff in Blazing Saddles is debatable. <laughs> yeah, I can fill an entire episode. Just oh, my there. gosh, yeah. And yeah. and you know what? And, and as you know, because you heard my top five, all our top fives is that uh, for, for me there was no, uh, there were no Mel Brooks films. Mm. And I'm a big fan. Of Mel Brooks and I really debated long and hard, you know, no pun intended, about uh, Blazing Saddles, putting that in there. But then I really thought about it and I said, yeah, it's, it's not an ensemble. It's got an amazing cast, mm -hmm. but it really isn't like an ensemble. There's so many of those people you could kind of replace, and as long as you've got, you know, uh, Cleavon Little and Gene Wilder there, everybody else can kind of. Not that they're not important to the movie, but I mean they would be a little bit more easily interchangeable, yeah. I think, in in some ways. But anyway, so so grown ups. Yeah, let's talk about grown ups. Grown ups. All right. So I don't know. This movie just cracks me up. I never, you know, I've not seen the other ones. I've only seen Grown Ups too. I haven't seen the first one. Really? Oh, yeah. Okay. So so for those, are we assuming that everybody who's watching has seen these movies, or do we need no, to do you recaps? Can, you could do a little, just a brief recap. Yeah. I'd say. It's like what you did earlier. So uh, cool. Cool. So, like, in this one, it has five. Five. It's got Adam Sandler, Kevin James, uh, David Spade, Chris Rock, and uh, Rob Snyder. Right. As all these friends, and they grew up together. They played on this big basketball team in this whole little town. <laughs> but they won the championship, so they're, like, town favorites or whatever. But they grow up, and their coach passes away. So they go to this, reconnect to go to the funeral, and they're like, 
way different lifestyles now. So, but they go to the lake cabin where they celebrated their big win and they kind of learn how to be kids again and then how to get their kids to get out of the city life and out of the phone and go out and actually enjoy being a kid. So, I don't know. I love how they, they ribbed each other, constantly tearing each other apart. <laughs> Well, it seems like, yeah, I, I know that, you know, that entire group does so many movies together. Um, I, I just, I enjoy their chemistry. Right. I think it's really cool. You know, Adam Sandler and then that group. Um, and not to take away from that, but like, I, I know the group mainly from like Hotel Transylvania from the cartoon. Right. The song oh, watches okay. all the time. <laughs> but it's that same, like, you can tell whenever they're either on screen or you're working together, they genuinely enjoy. It's like, it's like they're friends first and they're hanging out and making a movie is secondary to that. And that's what I like about Grown Ups too. I want to know, I wonder if there's a behind the scenes thing, how much of that was ad-libbed hmm. just to fuck with each other. <laughs> it, it has that feel to it. It has that yeah. feel, exactly. Right. Yeah, and that's, and that's really cool. And that's what makes that like a pretty good choice too, is I like the idea that it, it's the, it's the, um, a contrast, I think, to something like Airplane, where Airplane is very obviously comedic writers that sat down in a room and like wrote down a lot of punny jokes and goofy things like that. <laughs> Whereas something like that, it's more about the chemistry of the ensemble mm -hmm. being able how to just feed off, of each feed off of each other. Exactly. Well, and that's how we feel about your other choice too. And I can't wait to talk about that with the Wild Hogs. I feel like that was kind of that same movie. I cannot wait to talk. Yeah, about I, that. <laughs> that was one of my dad's favorite movies, and we'd watch that all the time. So I'm really excited to talk about that one. Good. That's yeah. cool. And they're, they're very similar. Yes, they are. They're very similar. And growing up, actually sounded a lot like your pick, yeah. Hot Tub Time Machine, because they go back and then go back in time and learn how to be kids again, mm -hmm. re refix everything. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. Nice. When they're in the, their chairs and they're sitting there watching Rob Snyder's daughter try to fix her car and it's like smoke going all over her so she's all sexy like. And are like, <laughs> okay, we can't all watch at the same time. Very <laughs> <laughs> obvious. Like, so two of you go look at that tree and the other two are like, like, okay, look, switch. Switch. <laughs> switch. Like, wait a minute, we're all looking at the tree, aren't we? <laughs> like, okay, look. And they look and I don't know. This is my kind of humor. <laughs> you know, and I, the thing I love about those movies is you can always tell when the comedian writes it because Adam Sandler's wife is Selma Hayek. Like, and like to okay. me, I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, you wrote the movie. You wrote the hot chick to be your wife. That's awesome. And I would do the exact same thing. Like, if I was writing yeah. a movie, ooh, <laughs> I, that was a point I had to make right, right now. <laughs> but I would do the exact same thing. I'm like, I'm going to write the hot actress as my wife. Right. <laughs> He's got his perks, right? Indeed. Membership. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's. I think that was a good choice. I mean, that's that makes yeah, sense. It was definitely all even keel the whole movie. Mm -hmm. It's all about the five of them. Right. If it wasn't the five of them, there would be no movie. That's in my opinion. Yeah, no, I agree. And with your that. opinion is just as valid. It is. It's the only one that counts right now, right? That's true. That is true. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if we know what's good for us, we acknowledge the fact that Megan's opinion is the only opinion that really counts in this room right now. But all right, moving on. What was your uh, next choice? What was your number four? It was 1981's The Cannonball Run. Yes, okay, let's get into that, okay. man. So the plot of this one is that there are drivers that compete in this illegal cross-country race. Um, it was directed by Hal Needham, who was the same guy that did Smokey the Bandit. Right. And he did Stroker Ace. He was pretty much like uh, um, Burt Reynolds' like vehicle for movies in the right. late 70s, early 80s. Um, but what was really cool about this one, I thought, and I learned this kind of after the fact, is that Hal Needham, so he was a stuntman. He, that's where he kind of right. got his start on things. But he did the cannonball run. And if you've seen the movie, 
Burt Reynolds and Dom DeLuise are in this ambulance, and that's how they decide that they're going to get across the country the fastest, is they flip on the lights and they can just go cross-country. Um, that when Hal Needham had actually done the race, that was his actual vehicle that he did it in. Oh, wow. Which was really cool. Um, so the movie itself was based on an actual race, and I wrote it down because I wouldn't be able to remember it, but it was the Cannonball Baker Sea to Shining Sea Memorial Trophy Dash. Oh, that's a mouthful. Yeah, and you all you, you won a trophy at the end if you got there first. Um, but this movie had Burt Reynolds, uh, Dom DeLuise, it had Farrah Fawcett, uh, Dean Martin and Sammy Davis Jr. Yeah. were in it. Uh, this was Jackie Chan's first American movie. Yep. <laughs> uh, Roger Moore had a cameo in it. It was uh, Burt Convy, Jamie yeah. Farr, Peter Fonda was a little cameo in there. Yeah. Um, but to me, this was... So this movie came out in 81. I was born in 76. So I first saw it when I was about 10. Okay. And uh, it was one of those movies that was on like WGN's afternoon oh, yeah. movie, so they they cut it to shit. So like <laughs> all of the original awesomeness of like the swearing and the boobs and all that stuff was completely cut up. But I didn't care because first of all, it was Burt Reynolds who was Bandit, and he could do no wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, it started my love for cars. Like the, you know, there's a Lamborghini in it, there was a Ferrari in it, there was this souped up. Uh, um, ambulance that was in it. Yeah. Um, you know, the two girls that drove this Lamborghini, they used their sex appeal to get out of every ticket. Right. So the cop would come up and they would just like, they had the, the leather jumpsuits on and they would just like put it down to here and like bust it out. And like as a kid, I'm like, oh, that is so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tingly downstairs and I don't know yeah, why. Right, right. You know, but, uh, but to me, it was, it was just, it was like, it's like airplane. I, a lot of that had to be completely unscripted. And you had these people, you know, like James Bond, who was just in it playing his character doing this race. Um, you know, Sammy Davis Jr. and Dean Martin, who I didn't really know at the time, but like as I got older and rewatched it, mm-hmm. the, the amount of cameos that were in there were like, holy crap, how did you get this many people right. to step in and do this short little piece for things? Um, but, you know, it was it was comedy, it was, you know, sex appeal and boobs, it was cars, and it was just them being just completely goofy. And 10-year-old me just loved it, and to this day, it's just one of those that anytime it's on... And again, my dad loved Smokey and the Bandit, he loved Stroker Ace, he loved all of those Burt Reynolds movies. So when this came on, it was like he and I would sit down on that Saturday afternoon, and for the next two hours, we weren't doing anything but watching that movie together. Right. And it was... So it's a combination of the humor of it with the nostalgia that comes with it. It's awesome. I agree. However, Megan... So I, I tried. I really did try to watch this movie. Because I read about it, and it sounded perfect right on my alley. It's a car chase. I mean, how could that go Burt wrong? Reynolds. Burt yeah. Reynolds, right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But I don't know. I got so bored with it. What? I could I didn't. I did not make it very far. Maybe I should have yeah, powered okay. through it more, but I, I just I couldn't. I was like, I'm bored. Mm. And I turned it off. Yeah, I, I she told me that, and I was like, Girl, what? What are you talking about? That movie's not boring at all. Geek, please. Yeah, exactly. Geek, please. <laughs> but yeah, I'll, have to, I'll have to give it a good proper. Yeah, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. So, like, there was Cannibal Run and then Cannibal 2, and I loved both of them. And then I remember back when I was in high school, I was trolling through the video aisle at my local, you know, VHS store back when you would, like, that was Friday night. Like, you'd right. get your pizza and your VHS, and that was mm-hmm. awesome. And I'm cruising through, and there was a new movie. It was called... Uh, Speed Limit or Speed Patrol or something like that. Okay. Um, and it looked like it was, uh, sure enough, it looked like it was a sequel to what should have been Cannonball Run. So they kind of made this like unofficial third movie to make it part of the oh. sequel. Speed Zone or Speed Trap or something. Yeah, Speed was on the I kind of remember this now. Um, but it was like all of that same, it didn't have, you know, the, the original 80s characters. It was like that really bad direct yeah. release DVD-ish <laughs> yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. But it was still cool enough that when it came out, I'm like, oh. 
this is awesome. <laughs> oh my god, I'm 10 years old again and it's the coolest thing. Yeah, so. it's funny. Yeah, because this was one of those ones I think I didn't see it in the theater or anything. When it came out, I would have been eight. And, uh, but I did see it on pay television, not cable television, pay television for you kids out there that do not remember pay television. We used to, in Chicago specifically, we used to have on TV and we had Spectrum. We had two different pay services. It was one channel. So it was kind of like having HBO or something like that, but it would show, they would show like recent movies and sports things you couldn't just see, you know, on your regular local channel and all this stuff. But Cannibal Run, when that came out, like by the end of 81 or early 82, like it was on constantly. And I, I loved it, man. I, I, I just thought it was such a goofy, I mean, Dom DeLuise, you know, I, fucking, he was crazy, <laughs> you know, great, great humor there. Um, another, yeah, like you said, a great, cast I mean, an amazing cast and yeah pretty impressive for its time that they were able to get everybody on board especially with such a goofy movie right it always amazes me that's the other thing about some of these choices is that i get really impressed when they have these movies for all different eras whether it's ocean 11 whether it's mad mad world whether it's a cannonball run when they're able to get those big diverse casts and get them to be uh pretty equal and stuff on some like this. That's really impressive. And when it works, it's great. Yeah, I so I I really think you need to give it another chance, Meg. Like just try to power through yeah. it a little bit. I mean it's it's totally low on plot. It's the kind of movie you can literally have on in the background while you're doing something else. There's nothing that you're gonna and miss I think if you're that's where it lost me. Yeah. I was like, where is this going? It doesn't go anywhere. Like it, just, it goes across the country. I'm gonna say they're going across the country. Yeah. They took forever to get there. I was like, yeah. let's go! Come on! That's what I'm <laughs> waiting for. Get in the cars and let's go! Wow! Like that opening scene when he just drives the car into the pool. Like that had it sealed for me. I'm like, like okay, done. Good. Like that's like <laughs> that, that I enjoyed. Yeah. But eh, well, I don't know. I think if you get a chance, get you know. I'll try again. Try again, but yeah, that's a solid, solid choice there for number four. Thank you. I approve. You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening. For those of you that can't see, there's a space heater over here by Megan. Yeah, Megan's warming up for her for her next one. So your number four was 1984's Ghostbusters. What is this Ghostbusters about? <laughs> I mean, is there anybody? Yeah, if, right? <laughs> if there is, I mean, I don't know if you really need to explain yeah, that to I, the I, audience. Like, who are you gonna call? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Ghostbusters. Right. I mean, I don't think you need to like read <laughs> yeah, no, no, what don't, Ghostbusters really is about. It's a classic. It's yeah, this, this is a gimme. This is a total yeah. gimme. Yeah. yeah, but uh, why did you choose Ghostbusters? I mean, because it's got the the four people. It's got Bill. Murray. It's got four people in it. That works on. It's an ensemble comedy. It's got right? four. Boom. We're done. Right? Yeah. Bill Murray. <laughs> Bill Murray. Dan Aykroyd. Harold Ramis. And Ernie Hudson. Yeah. Ernie Hudson. Yeah. Yeah. Who I think he, you know, Ernie Hudson is awesome. 
I think he's great. I I didn't agree with like on Stranger Things when they're like nobody wants to be Winston and everything, you know. And I was like, I would have wanted to be Fuck, Winston. Is that more rules, man? Yeah, I'm like that. That's actually my favorite character of the of the four, believe it or not. He's because got my, he's, he's got my second favorite line in the whole movie. The, tell him about the Twinkie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tell him about the Twinkie. Yeah. So, nah, yeah. I mean, I just I guess the thing for me is that. Um, yeah, I, all right, I guess it kind of applies, but to me, it, I had to leave this one out because I felt like it was too centered. It didn't, it doesn't feel ensemble to me, if that makes sense. I have to agree. I feel like it's Venkman and the three Ghostbusters. Like, it's his story and the other kind of just tie around it. A little bit, yeah. And I just didn't feel like... And they don't have that kind of thing where, like, with your other choices where, like, you know, say, even with, like, uh, Grown Ups or Wild Hugs or whatever, where each one, even though they're all together, they're, like, their little gang, whatever, they're little, but they each also kind of have their own little story, sort of, you know what I mean? Like, the only one that really does is Venkman, Mm -hmm. you know, because the other one's Ray and and, uh, Egon and them, like... They're great. Don't I mean? Fuck! I fucking love. That's my favorite one. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I love Ghostbusters, but they don't have that kind of like venturing off with their own stories, and 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 then there's other like important characters that really kind of, you know. But but, I'm just bear with me for a second. <laughs> I will give you props for it and say that where it because this is another like walk in the line kind of one like we talked about earlier, because. Where it does feel like important and ensemble to me is the inclusion of Rick Moranis into the fucking mix. <laughs> because even though he's a supporting character and stuff, the way he ends up being so important, especially towards like the end of the movie and stuff mm-hmm. and things that happen, it's like, okay. To me, that sort of pulls it slightly back over to the line to being like, okay, I could, I could give this ensemble uh, legitimacy, if you want to say. So, I think it's an ensemble. <laughs> now you guys are done butchering me. No, I'm not butchering. I'm just I was just call me Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. I'm pretty Pull sure. Listen, I'm pretty sure if there's anybody here in this room right now that could qualify as Stay Puff Marshmallow Man, it's it's not you. <laughs> All right, fine. But anyway, I'm the, I, I'm, the I'm the puffy pale one here, so you know. Anyway, I love Stay Puff Marshmallow. <laughs> I choose it because I don't care about Peter Bankman and his personal life. <laughs> I cared about when they were busting ghosts. So it was with the four of them together. They were being badass, taking the ghost down. That's what I care about seeing in Ghostbusters. So that's why I chose it. Okay. Fair enough. I mean, you know, and. My my reservations with it are a forty five year old man's reservations with it. When I was you know eleven when that came out, I did not care that it was Venkman centered. It was the four of them, and they exactly. were the Ghostbusters. Exactly. Like and the, you know the cartoon that followed it. So in that, I, I totally agree with you. Yeah, I'll give you that. That's why I, I care said. about his love life. Who cares? Yeah. Well, that's not even a matter of caring about it. I just meant that it felt like it just felt like I know, it's, it was it's more centric. centered on him, and, I agree. and not not enough on on the other to make it feel ensemble enough. But, like I said, when I think about it, I think about how great those other characters are, how important they are to the movie, how important even somebody like Rick... Bateman can't go do it by himself. Mm -hmm. No, that's true. But, you know, I just... Yeah. 
there could have been a little bit more involvement of the other characters and and make it feel a little more ensemble-y to me. But it it's a borderline one. I can go either way. You know, and, and to me, like with the speaking of borderline, you know, one of my other choices in there was borderline because while it's a comedy, I don't know that it's to me when I think of Ghostbusters first. I don't know that comedy is what I think first. No. You know, because I mean, there's four comedians that are in it, but it's more of that super, supernatural thriller kind of thing with some comedic yeah, aspects kind of that are kind of yeah, 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 exactly. But I like that about it, and that's what I like about you know some of the movies that we're picking is that you know the, the genres that they're falling into kind of mix some of that too which is yeah, really cool. I've got choices like that yeah, yeah absolutely we get into our oceans yeah, and, then, yeah. and, that, and that's my main point is like you don't think of that as a comedy at first no, no it's, it's a heist film it's a buddy film but it's pretty goddamn funny but there are incredibly <laughs> funny parts in that and that's how yeah. I feel about Ghostbusters as I right. wouldn't call it a comedy first but it is a comedy mm-hmm. yeah I'm good with it yeah you get a pass yeah. Keep it. She's like, she's like, I'm gonna so punch him in the fucking yeah. face. But I mean, if you want to talk about a true ensemble Ghostbusters comedy, I mean, I think the all female version that was. A... I did not see that. I one. haven't seen it. I saw parts of it. You guys, and I'm sorry, guys. You guys didn't really miss anything. Oh yeah. I mean, the, I, I love yeah. all of those actresses individually. Yeah. I just did not care for the direction in which they took the particular film. Yeah, and that was kind of what I gathered from the little bit I saw, and of course, because I'm Mr. Spoiler, you know, I read what the whole I read the entire plot of the movie and synopsis of it and everything and uh, it wasn't one of those things that I went oh god this is fucking horrible and fuck this and why are they doing this like so many raging stupid fanboys out there and stuff (laughs) but I just what I saw of it I just went eh eh okay and for being Ghostbusters it it shouldn't just elicit a eh response out of me it should be it should be better than that so it's a shame because contrarily something like Bridesmaids Dude, that movie is fucking hilarious. Yes. Yeah. And I'm surprised that, they didn't make any of our ensemble. That I've is, never seen it. it's oh, she never. Oh my god! I that's what I told her. I'm like, I bet you'll love oh, that. Oh, that's movie. so up your alley. Yeah, it really is. is. Yeah, yeah. great, it's, great humor in uh-huh. it. It's Melissa so McCarthy in that is just phenomenal. <laughs> it's coming out of me like hot lava. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, that is on my honorable mentions oh. list. I wrote it down as an honorable mention. Nice. I, have, I have another one that's an honorable. But yeah, that that one was was real close as well. Um, but again, it was another one that I just hadn't watched enough times to... It didn't, you know, outrank these other ones and stuff. But anyway, getting back to Ghostbusters and, and everything, you know, that you've, uh, you know, the more I think about it, when you first mentioned it earlier, I was like, nope, nope, that ain't right. <laughs> but when I think about it and everything we've kind of debated about it, you know what qualifies and not. No, I I think you're right. It's a walk in the line one. I'm I'm I am definitely wrong on this one. Unlike the fact that my I'm sorry, can my you wait, that, that's on recording too. I said I was definitely wrong about this one. Twice. Wow. Yeah. Unlike Die Hard, is my ringtone. No, don't, no, don't, no, don't, don't, don't even die say hard. no, no, don't. We're going to we're going to go off the rails, and we can't. Yeah, we're, we're, we're off the rails here. Yeah. You're wrong, but let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's not a holiday movie. Okay. Anyway, so. Uh, moving on, yeah, you can make those, you can side-eye all you want. <laughs> uh, so moving on, uh, what was, uh, so c- can we talk about, I'd like to talk about Oceans, if we can. The Oceans yeah, absolutely. Films, like, Go for it, guys. Oceans 11. Wait, have you seen it? No. Oh, wow. I've seen pits, bit, I don't know, bits and pieces, maybe? Bits and pits? Bits and pits. Bits and pieces? Yeah. 
This movie's so fucking good. I mean, I think it's one of the best movies made in the last 20 years. Mm -hmm. Wow. It's yeah. that good. And it's one of those ones where I think that being an ensemble cast and having the people that were in it, you know, that being these kind of big sort of love them or hate them names like Pitt and Clooney and so on and Casey Affleck and these different and, and uh, Matt Damon and uh, Matt. you have to say Matt yeah. you just have to ever Matt since Matt. Team America World Police came out you have to say Matt Damon mm -hmm. but anyway having those kind of names in it I think in a lot of ways worked against it with a lot of people because a lot of people went oh god you know that's this is just gonna be some big Hollywood bullshit you know just for these guys to get a big paycheck is that what you thought mm -hmm. you're wrong so wrong <laughs> no seriously and I, and and that's what i'm saying i don't completely blame you if you would have a skeptical approach to it because i know a lot of people did and when i first heard about it my skeptical approach towards it was because i was familiar with the original Danny Ocean yeah. in Ocean's Eleven, you know, the, the 1960 with Frank Sinatra and all the and the whole the the Rat Pack. It's like one of the Rat Pack movies, you know, and it's an the original's brilliant, brilliant movie, a great ending and stuff. But uh, look, with this one, other than the title and Danny Ocean, like it's, it's different. It's there two, totally but yeah, and that's when I saw it. I was like, oh, okay, good. I like the fact that they weren't trying to just remake it. They gave it a completely new, unique story. Mm -hmm. And, and what is that unique story? Well, the unique story, it. yeah, I guess there's probably people, well, like Megan. Like Megan. So what, I'm going to give you the really quick uh, brief synopsis of it is that uh, uh, Danny Ocean, George Clooney, he went to jail. Uh, kind, I guess not wrongly, but because it, it, <laughs> he's a Connors and stuff and everything. But while he was in jail and prior to that, his uh, woman, Julia Roberts, ended up hooking up with uh, this smarmy casino owner played by Andy, Andy Garcia. Garcia. Andy Garcia, you just hate that motherfucker in this movie. You just He's got the little short man walk and everything. Like, yeah. They played him up well. They, he did a great job. Andy Garcia's awesome, mm -hmm. you know. But, um, and uh, so Danny gets this whole idea that he's going to, um, he's going to rip off Andy Garcia. He's going to rip off his casino. On, not like, just one casino. Not, yeah, so I was going to get to okay. that. So, uh, and Andy Garcia has multiple and everything, and he comes up, he figures out this whole system of how they save the money from takes and stuff, and it's also going to happen concurrently with, like, the big Vegas boxing match that's going to have that night. So there's, they, they figure out this whole plan, he's, he's got this whole scheme that he's been thinking about and figuring out of how they're going to do this, the biggest heist of all time. Like, it's going to be ridiculous and what it really comes down to is even though yeah he wants the money and everything it really is just about like sticking it back to this motherfucker this asshole and, out of jail. and everything well you there's, there's no money. no there's there's more to it than that and and because that's what she thought too and that's why she kind of walked and you come to find out there's more mm -hmm. to it and he was kind of wronged and there was just a lot of that fucking like matt and i we talk about too the bullshit circumstance things that happen only in fucking movies and and all that but what he does is he realizes he gets together with his buddy uh with brad pitt and they come up with this whole idea in and in, in uh 
they work in conjunction with uh, what's his face? I can't think of the. Uh, is it Elliot Gould? Elliot Gould. Elliot yeah. Gould, who's got some money and pull and everything. He kind of finances this whole heist. He's sort of like the silent, you know, the Godfather financier behind the whole thing. And they put together this team of eleven people to play all these different roles in the heist because it's super complex. Like, it, like, like. I mean, everything ends up being down so to the, to the moment. fucking moment, the way they, you know, because one guy, you know, and like one guy's like a master of doing like voices and disguises and stuff. And another guy has got like all the technical know-how to understand how to do things like bombs and controlled explosions. And, and this, this fucking cast is incredible. Holy shit, the fucking cast of this movie. So it's got George Clooney, Bernie Mac. Brad Pitt, Elliot Gould, Casey Affleck, ben, Ben's younger brother, who's who's actually awesome. Uh, Don Cheadle is in it. Matt Damon, Carl Reiner, Andy Garcia, Julia Roberts, and, and Scott Kahn. Yeah, Scott Kahn. Yes, he's yeah, Scott Kahn and, and, and Casey Affleck play brothers. Yes, and their their constant bickering back and forth is just it's, incredible. It's incredible. <laughs> like they're doing twenty questions at one point, and it's like so so twenty questions. Like qu- question twenty is he human? Yes, uh, was it Evil Knievel? Like, and they they like yeah. guess it, but they're like yeah. it's so funny. And they're, like they're, and they're just they're also driving it, like, everybody else around them insane. crazy with their shit. But yeah. they're so good at everybody that does what they do are all like the fucking top, mm-hmm. the top. Like it, it, it's so. This is one of those movies where it, it was walking a line like we brought up earlier about. It's not like a comedy. This movie isn't like a mm-hmm. comedy. It's not Airplane. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it's, it's it's Steven Soderbergh, so it's his kind of dry, conversational humor. Yeah. All of the all of the humor comes in the interactions between people, or their uh, their self awareness of what they're doing, or things like that. And the great thing is that there are like four or five twists that happen oh, throughout that you so think you're like, holy crap, how are they getting? And then suddenly something else happens, and you're like, whoa, I did yeah, not see that coming that, at all. Like, and, and that's like, what it, and things you're like, you're like, you're you're like giving like, it away. Yeah, you're like, holy shit, no, they're done for now. And then oh. you're like, oh my god, that was fixed too? Uh-huh. Like, you're like, how could they have known? Like, they knew everything that was going to fuck. It's, and, yeah. and you're sitting there literally like, you're like tense. Like, oh my, mm-hmm. oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. They're, not, they're, they're fucked. Like, oh my god. Like, it, it's so, it's like this total nail biter. But then at the same time, there's, then all of a sudden, like in the middle of all this nail biting shit, there'll be some line or something that happens <laughs> Fuck you! And then you're fucking <laughs> laughing your ass off. That breaks that tension just enough. I cannot recommend this movie highly enough. It's so good, and it and again, you're not the only one that kind of blows this one off because mm-hmm. it, it was and it was so successful. And then they came out with the sequels and the offshoots, oh, and then the mm-hmm. Ocean's Eight and everything. And those are all good in their own right, but none of them come close to Ocean's Eleven. Yeah. Ocean's Eleven mm-hmm. stands out head and shoulders above yeah. the rest of them. The others and, are watchable. But to me, it's also like you were talking about with grown-ups. It's that the, the chemistry and the camaraderie that they have when they work together, you can tell that everybody that's doing this, they genuinely respect each other and like working with each other. And it's it's wonderful to watch. Um, yeah. But it's also really cool because... It, so, like, one of my favorite scenes in the entire movie is yeah. they're, they're prepping Matt Damon to... Matt Damon is the pickpocket in this. So he is going to meet with Andy Garcia to retrieve a piece that they need in order to break into the vault. 
and uh, Brad Pitt is coaching him, uh, Matt Damon, on how to get in to pick the pocket of Andy Garcia. And he's like, you want to walk in and you want to be memorable, but he needs to forget you the minute that you walk out of the room. You want to uh, be funny, but don't make him laugh. You want to do this, but not this. And most importantly, this is the most important thing. And then as soon as he says that, somebody else calls Brad Pitt. He's like, yeah, what do you need? And just walks away. And you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> what, was, what was the most important thing? And yeah. they never like, but it's moments like that that you're like, <laughs> but it's so funny yeah. at the same time you go back and you're watching like oh it's awesome because you're always wondering if they're going to miss like one little detail uh -huh. or something and there's things that yeah there's yeah. stuff that's like real yeah. yeah and I won't tell you how it ends no, you know what, no 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 yeah because but to me it's also one of those movies like if you because it, it's a multiple viewing kind of movie like yes. once you watch it and you see what happens you're like I need to go back and so, watch yeah, you it want to go back how and did they get again? past yeah, that knowing yeah. how how it came to be what it was but there were like little throwaway things like Brad Pitt, if you watch, he's always eating something. He's always yeah. eating something and he's just like mowing on it and he's doing this. And it, like they make these little moments, what should just be very mundane, it's humorous as hell. Yeah, and it it's, is. But it's so dry, it's great at the same time. Hmm. Yeah. We so, should have a movie night. Yeah, that maybe this will be one of the ones that we'll go and like we'll have you watch and then uh, you know get your input on it and see if you agree or if you disagree mm -hmm. with us on it, if you're willing. I, I, I'll... For that one, maybe. Yeah. Okay. I'll do it. All right. Okay, cool. The other one, I don't know. All right. Well, since that one was one of both of ours and everything, uh, what about you? You had your wild hogs we still got to talk about. Yes, wild hogs. <laughs> I'm about stoked that. about this one. I completely forgot about it. So wild hogs is about four middle-aged men who kind of stuck in a rut, you'd say, and it said, well, Woody, this guy says, well, you know what, let's just go on a motorcycle ride across the country. Because he's trying to escape all his problems. And right. He's got to, like, call the other ones into it. And so they eventually go, and hilarity ensues. They get in all sorts of trouble. Because it's Martin Lawrence. Yeah, and, I was going to say, uh, who all's in this? Yeah. Martin, Martin Lawrence, Lawrence, Tim Allen. Tim Allen, uh, John Travolta, and uh, Will Mike Macy. Well, that's right. I, oh, he's Dudley. awesome in it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, John Travolta is my favorite in this one. He cracked me the fuck Oh. oh, I love him so much. Like you, you be weird. Stop being weird. <laughs> He's like over there freaking yeah. out. Well, and the best part is like halfway through the movie, Ray Liotta shows up. He's the bad guy in the movie, right. and you're like, holy crap! I didn't think he was going to be in this. It's right. awesome. Peter Fonda shows up at one point. Is like the easy rider because I mean, if you're going to have a right. motorcycle movie, you have to have okay. him in it. Right. Um, but yeah, no. I this this is one of those movies that um, again, I, I've got those. My movies tend to fall like in those nostalgia periods, mm -hmm. and again, this was one of those ones my dad loved. So, like, we'd watch it. I'd go over on like a Saturday afternoon. He would just pop it in, and it was on there. Um, and it's just, it's awesome. Like the idea of, and, and I feel like there's a theme with a lot of these movies of that, like revisiting the youth and kind of coming mm -hmm. back to sure. you know, the things that made you happy and things like that. And exactly. this, to me, like exactly that. this is something I would want to do with some guy friends: just jump on a motorcycle and drive across the country and just have a blast doing it. But it's like any other comedy; they, they run into like everything that can go wrong, go wrong does go wrong. Like running out of gas, knocking over other bikes, you know, tents on fire. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> horrible. But they end up in this this cute little town. Yeah, a Madrid. Madrid. Mm -hmm. Yes, and it's like it's like that home away from home for them. Yeah, but uh, I'm sorry, I, I stole your movie from no, you. No, no. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, I feel bad. We I'm keep sorry. talking. And like, so like, no, because I yeah, I love that you love it so much. Because I <laughs> I just John Travolta cracks me the fuck up. Like when they're in that pond and that guy swims up. <laughs> <up. laughs> oh, his reactions to everything when they well, I don't want to get too much away, but yeah. when he's looking back. 
He's like, oh gosh. <laughs> He's like freaking out the rest of the movie. Yeah, after they run into the, the, bike the biker guys. Yeah, yeah. 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 The uh, real bikers. Or whatever they are. Yeah, yeah the yeah. 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 But I, to me, I love, and I, I completely forgot that William H. Macy was in it, because now that you mentioned that, he plays so like against character from his shameless character oh, or those God, other yeah. things. He's this meek little, like, accountant-ish type guy. Geeky guy. Yeah, geeky guy that just doesn't fit. Can't and you watch him. Women. No, it's it's amazing. He is he cracks me up in that because he's so against character. For William H. Macy is amazing. He's yeah. really yeah, good. His range is great. Little Bill and Boogie Nights, you know. Oh, man. Oh, oh gosh. <laughs> that character. Oof. He had a rough time. But anyway, uh, yeah, no, th this movie, yeah, this yeah, one. Yeah, so it's, it's great. It's like just a little buddy movie. They, like you said, the four go off and do something. I'd love to do that. I always wanted to go, like, just get a car, just drive. Mm -hmm. yeah, see it's where like, you end like, up. There's the no rules, trip. there's yeah. no nothing. Just see, where, see what happens. Get chased by a biker gang and, yeah. and crazy a cop motorcycle trying, cops. <laughs> <laughs> trying to hit on you every two seconds. <laughs> oh, oh, man. fucking movie. Yeah. No, yeah. it's, it's, to me, I like those fish out of water kind of movies, you know, because like the older I get, like the more regrets I have in life, not like huge regrets, but I'm like, God, I wish I'd go back and just change that one little thing. Sure. <laughs> and like, this is that movie that like, they take that chance and they go ahead and they just, you know, rock out and do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I, so I think Wild Hogs is a perfect choice. Yes. I think that mm. perfectly fits for... <laughs> You know, unlike your your Ghostbusters thing, that I, but yeah, I came around. I came yeah, around. All right, I but we've got but we've got one other one of yours that we're going to debate in a little while, though. Oh, so you wrong on that one too. Uh, okay, we'll we'll see about that. You think you can get it? Do you think you can get two hits? I don't know. I think I you should be. I'm doing my best. Yeah, I think you got lucky enough to get me to admit to one wrong. I don't know about two. Where but the cool thing is, you, you he admitted it twice. So like maybe you can edit it around so that you can take that second I was wrong and edit it to Wait, the. Shh, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope I hope you enjoyed Matt Velikas's one and only appearance on this show. <laughs> Spend nice knowing you, Matt. God damn it, twisting my shit around on me. Anyway, yeah, we'll see when we get there. So, um, I would like to talk a little bit about Super Troopers. You would. That's yeah. coincidental because that was actually my number. Three. Yeah, it was your number three. I'm forgetting around so I much. I the spaces. Well, it's yeah. mine. It's because some of these I moved around a few times, so I forget where I put them. But anyway, yes, yeah, Super Troopers. So Super Troopers came out in 2001. Um, the basic plot of it is that there are these Vermont State Troopers that get into all these shenanigans and pranks and things like that. Um, but they tend to get in trouble a lot too. So um, it turns out that the state of Vermont decides they want to downsize the state police force and the local cops are going to be taking over their stretch of road uh, that the state patrols. Okay. Um, but at the same time, there is this crime that occurs that basically the state troopers, the super troopers, decide that if they can solve it first, they can stay in the good graces of the governor who will keep their station open. Um, so it's the guys, the, the comedy troupe Broken Lizard. Um, so at the time that it came out, they weren't really known for anything else. Right. Um, but the main guy in it, um, and I always pronounce his name improperly, it's a Jay uh, Chan Rasaka or something like that. Okay. I forget his name. Um, but he, he's gone on to do episodes, he directed episodes like The Goldbergs and Resident Alien, uh, Fresh Off the Boat, New Girl Community, Happy Endings, Chuck. He actually uh, was part of the Knight Rider remake in 2008. Oh, wow, okay. Um, Arrested Development. So, like, right. the, these staples of comedy that have happened over the last 15 years that really came about him writing this particular movie with the troupe. Um, but it's one of those movies that when it came out, um, you know, with me being a 25-year-old guy, 
like, you, if you would sit around just drinking with the buddies and getting pizza, like, the drunker you got, the funnier this movie got. Because <laughs> um, it was a lot of one-liners, and because they were this comedy trip, again, that going back to that idea of... Uh, all of them getting along and having this great relationship, like yeah. the the zingers that would come off of each other. It was just, it was fantastic. Um, it's definitely, especially hanging out with you and our bandmates and other friends and stuff. And yeah, this is definitely your kind of oh, it totally humor is. Like banter. It's, yeah, it's like one-offs. They rip on each other a lot. They prank each other a whole lot. Yeah. Um, you know, um, if you've ever seen somebody do that, like, hey, meow. Look oh, at the, meow. Yeah. Meow. Yeah. Did you have just you say never that? heard that? No. Oh my gosh! So that was like one of the big things is they would they would dare each other. If you do a traffic stop, how many meows can you get in there? Look here, meow. Do you know how fast you're going, meow? Yeah. And it was that kind of thing, and like. So your license and registration, meow. And they, they excuse me. Did you just say meow? Yeah. Like, what am I a cat? You know, jumping from branch to branch, drinking milk, all nibbly bimbly? No. It's like now, please hand me your license, meow. they totally played it up and it was awesome um like there's there's some great psych gags in there like uh one of the uh vermont state troopers ends up falling for one of the girls that is uh a member of the local police department and they decide they're going to get together and share whatever it is they have and she mentions we'll show up tonight meet me at this restaurant at eight o'clock we'll dress in a disguise and they jump to the next scene and she is wearing this full leather biker outfit with teased hair and everything. And he walks in in a cycling outfit with like the speed, like the the um, the really tight shorts and like the the bicycle hat and everything. And he just walks up to her and he's like, "Oh, biker." <laughs> and it's little moments like that that you're like, "That's funny as hell," because it kind of ties into some of that airplane right. kind of humor. Right. Where it's it's just remedial enough. It's 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 awesome. Um, it's also a good stoner movie. I'm not a hot guy at all no, but those that enjoy that say that if you're high this movie is funny as fuck okay yeah take your word for that one yeah it's another word for it i guess it's <laughs> interesting i guess it makes sense i wouldn't have immediately thought of this when i would think of ensembles but i guess it makes sense and everything i mean it is the the, the whole you know cast uh, yeah okay do you think I'm wrong? Fuck you. No. <laughs> no, I'm just saying uh, maybe because, I, yeah, I, it, it makes sense. But for whatever reason, it wasn't one that jumped out to me when I thought of, like, ensemble. And maybe it's because it's not, it's not like, a, a name cast kind of thing. Like, a lot, like almost all of our other choices oh, are, like, name cast and, like, known comedians and comedic actors and actresses and stuff like that and this is definitely more but but yeah as we're talking about it and i'm like oh yeah okay yeah that totally i guess that that is like an ensemble thing because it is about like the whole it isn't just centered on one Mm -hmm. you know so much you know and some of it breaks off they've got like their own individual stories of like little things and interests but it's not like there are plots that deviate from it but it's just more you have like one-on-one moments with each of them which is really cool right um, and it's also got Brian Cox in it, who is right. an actor I love. And then it had my first crush ever, Linda Carter. She plays the oh, governor in yes. that. She was the one that first gave me tinglys below my belt. So anything that she's in, I automatically love. Yeah, I agree with that. Linda Carter rules. Yes. Just rules. Super awesome lady and super talented. Um, I would like to talk about what was my number tres. Yes. And that was Animal House. Oh, yeah. Animal House. This movie. Here's now we're getting back into the territory of movies that Larry saw far too young, <laughs> because my parents once again, and my mom's so funny because she, <laughs> we fight all the time about memory stuff, 
she swears that I remember everything wrong. Like, that's not how, when you're remembering everything wrong, I don't trust your memory. And I'm like, Mom, I, there, I'm not saying I'm beyond not possibly remembering things wrong or having my own viewpoint, you know, and everything. But I have an incredible memory. <laughs> I could remember just ridiculous shit. And uh, my mom just doesn't remember things like at all and she's like we didn't let you watch movies like animal house when you were six years old and i'm like yeah you did uh yeah you did i have very very clear memories of watching this movie and the funny thing about it is this was a movie that i had i would watch at home when it first came out on video which was probably like late 79 early 80 um because we had a vcr way before just about anybody um and i had to be trained on because they know like they'd seen it at the theater and everything they were like now you have to cover your eyes the funny thing about it is i didn't have to cover my ears <laughs> and y'all might wonder why like man larry just fucking curses up a motherfucking storm and it's like well i was listening to these movies and i had two parents who were both chicago police officers who had quite the vernacular you know what i mean <laughs> and everything and you know so i didn't know and it was years because it was years before i finally watched it on my own probably at least by the time i was like a tween or you know maybe 12 years old or something like that that i watched it unsupervised and for years i had no idea what was going on the scene when john belushi is hopping the ladder over so he can look in the different girls windows when they're when they're all topless and pillow fighting and everything and I, it just baffled me for years because I didn't know what was going on. I just heard that chunk, chunk, chunk of the ladder moving, and I'd be sitting there with my eyes covered, what going, possibly be? going, what is going on? I hear girls giggling in this chunk sound, and then all of a sudden I hear him fall and like hit the ground, you know. And then I could, then they play the Faber music, da, 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 go to the next scene, and it's like, okay, you can uncover your eyes, Larry, and it's like. I want to know. But then there was the whole scene with Larry, which was funny enough that my name was Larry. It was Larry with the, when the, with the young 13-year-old girl was really passing out in his room and the little devil on his shoulder, you know, telling him to fuck her brains out and all this stuff. Oh, I heard all that. <laughs> Parents never thought like, eh, they just were like, he doesn't know what the fuck they're talking about. He's not going to understand. Whatever. Let him sit there. Also, the other thing to be fair, Mom, is that my dad would watch this movie a lot of times while Mom would be like at work or something like that. And my dad would have like a couple buddies over and we they'd get, you know, drinks and ribs and pizza and stuff and they'd be like, Larry, you want to watch Animal House with us? Just clever up your eyes, bud. You know the spots. And everything. So I saw that movie like a bazillion times. And it's another one that Again, I understand that there were big stars in it at the time. Belushi was a big breakout star right about that time. Um, you know, there were other, like, you know, well-respected actors and everything. But I don't feel, and Donald Sutherland has his part and all this, but I feel like it's an ensemble. I feel like that it's about the whole, the whole bunch. And I love the fact that, it has its moments where it focuses on Flounder and and uh, and Pinto, you know, and it has its moments where it focuses on Bluto and D Day and stuff like that. And it has its moments when it focuses on Otter and and Boone and all that stuff. But they, but they all it's it's about the whole group of them. And some of the best parts of that movie is when it's all of them together, you know, with when they're having the uh, toga party, mm -hmm. that whole scene uh, and how it all branches off. To me, this is, I, I, man, this is one of the best fucking 
group comedies ever made. I think this movie's hilarious. What you're looking at me like you don't quite agree. No, no, I do agree. I was I was curious about Megan's take on it. I saw it once, so I can't. Oh really my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Eh, whatever. Yeah, what? Eh, whatever. Type of movie, so. Yeah, no, this was one of those, I I saw it, I don't want to say later in life, but I think it was in my teens when okay. I kind of, like, because this movie in my family was a lot like Meatballs or Revenge of the Nerds. And Which kind she of loves meatballs. meatballs. Right, but but they were, it was too much, it was adult content. And, I, you know, I was raised as a good, you know, Catholic kid, so I wasn't, <laughs> unless I was in somebody else's house <laughs> in a sleepover, I didn't really get to watch it. Yeah. But, you know, it was... It was one of those movies that, like, when you did watch it, like, it, it's so incredibly quotable, like the double secret probation. Like, you know, you yeah. look at some of these things, and I, again, it's a movie for its time. Like, oh, that oh, is yeah, yeah, yeah. Such not a movie that can be done properly right now. You mean like you mind if we dance with your dates? Uh huh. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Go yeah. right ahead. Uh huh. Yeah, um, no, it's true, yeah. I mean, unfortunately, a lot of my humor is questionable. I'm sorry, folks. Uh, it's, I'm, I'm from that era, you know. I am almost 50 years old, so. Um, but it's just, it is, to me, a classic example. I understand that people sit there and, you know, they again, like I said, they might single out people like Bluto, you know, and stuff like that, but I don't know. I feel like everybody in that movie is pretty evenly pretty evenly uh spread out in terms mm -hmm. of importance and gags and uh, and an incredible cast a lot of actors that went on to do even you know greater the, things the first that, movie of mr kevin bacon yeah kevin yeah thank yeah. you sir may I have another yes. i mean talk about another quote line uh -huh. mark metcalf is niedermeyer uh -huh. you know later went on to be in the twisted sister videos yeah. Which, you know, which, of course, I was all excited yeah. about and everything. Uh, you know, Tom Halsey, you know, who later on went on to be uh, Amadeus, mm -hmm. and all, you know, which is another one of my all-time favorite yeah. movies and everything. Yeah, it was, it was a good uh, springboard for Karen Allen's in it. Uh, you know, yeah, it's a, it's a great movie. I, you should give it another chance. I don't understand why you wouldn't like that movie. I, honestly? Yeah. I think it was who I watched it with. Ah, uh, leaves me tainted. I see. <laughs> you said tainted. Yeah, I, I, I get that. I, I've had that experience too. Yeah, when you watch something with somebody that you don't have like great uh, fun memories of, associative memories with, and stuff. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Well, we'll, yeah, we'll see. The thing I like about it though is, you know, when same with Airplane, it's it's a classic movie that spawned a generation of movies after that. Um, to me, not only is it that, I mean, it's National Lampoon. And if I remember correctly, this was one of, if not the first movie that was produced by National Lampoon, the magazine. If it's not the first one, it's definitely one of the first, yeah. But it gave credence to, again, uh, you know, Vacation and the oh, movies yeah. that came after that, you know, Van Wilder yeah. and those movies, uh, you know, all of the, the writers that were for National Lampoon were, it was Harvard Magazine? Is that where that came from? And it was one of the Ivy League schools yeah, um, I that a lot of these great writers came from that... To me, like as I got older and I learned more about the movies themselves, I appreciated the fact that this was a movie that was written by these upper echelon of educated men who wrote this <laughs> low-brow movie. Right. You know, and it was, well, it was you know, really cool. You know who the main writer was for this movie? No. It was Harold Ramis. Oh, really? Egon. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and that's, you know. And then right. this... You were kind of pushing me back the other way. Yeah. Because that, and another movie that I, that I first thought of 
speaking of when I was saying earlier there were ones that I thought of and then I said oh no wait that's that's really not it doesn't count enough for me was another Harold Ramis uh, written one which is Stripes I was yes uh-huh. you know and and so I at first I thought because it's got you know it does have this great cast and everything but then when I really thought about it I said no that's about Bill Murray it is like, a Bill Murray vehicle it's a Bill Murray vehicle movie and everybody else is kind yeah. of supporting and stuff it's not an ensemble enough you know even though it does have this amazing mm. cast that feed off of each other at times but, but to me like a movie like that what works for me to call it a classic even if it's not an ensemble and I know this is kind of off topic a little bit but you know the amount of references that are made to that movie in other movies and other yeah. TV shows I mean Van Wilder you know it's it's his dad is played by um uh, yeah, I, I'm spacing on his name. I can't think of his name. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, but like even old school, they, like in old school, they're on uh, triple secret probation. Right, they're right. Clearly, you know, pulling that off. You know that you when you make a movie like that, that kind of permeates into society as a whole, it becomes bigger than what that movie is. And I think for me, outside of it being an ensemble movie, it, it it's so it touches so many other aspects of pop culture. It's hard not yes. to appreciate that movie for what it is, and that's kind of that's how I chose a lot of my choices in in my top five. That's sort of what I based it on was because you know this one, uh, my number one that we're going to get to yet, obviously, airplane, all that. I I really looked at it like there might be other ones that I might watch more frequently now. Kind of to your point, like I don't necessarily know. I think at this point, if I had a choice between watching, sitting down watching Airplane or Hot Tub Time Machine, I'd probably watch Hot Tub Time Machine because I'm not as burned out on it. I, I can play Airplane in my fucking mind. I don't need to sit down and watch it. I've seen it so right. many times. But it's just that that sort of aspect to how influential it was and, you know, to the genre since we're picking for, you know, we're singling out this genre and everything. So, yeah, that's how I feel about Animal House. I mean, there's other movies of its kind that I may even watch more frequently now than Animal House, but Animal House is fucking Animal House, yeah. you know? It, it's, yeah, it, uh, it ranks, man. It ranks up there. So, moving on. What, what, what do we got left? We got... Uh, Gallagher's minus your number one? Minus my number one, yeah, so we're on to you guys. So, we got a debate. I know you've got a debatable one. Possibly a debatable one. Possibly. Possibly. This is my walk, this is, yeah, definitely my walking the line one. So, Man at the Museum. So, for those that don't know, it is about a guy, um, Ben Stiller, Stiller, whose name is Larry. Always, (laughs) because it's such a funny dork name. (laughs) Motherfuckers, man. Anyway. So he gets a new job at this museum as a night guard, and um, Dick Van Dyke, and <laughs> yeah. I can't remember the other two guards' names, but they like pass the baton on to him, they're retiring. Yeah, the three, old, the three old curmudgeon-y, shady guards. Yeah, they're yeah. Real, the real shady, real shady-like. But <laughs> they, they turn it over to him, they're like, just follow the guidebook, here you go, throw it out, they didn't explain anything, and at night, everything goes to life. And runs amok <laughs> and tears every whole museum apart. And he's left to clean it up in the morning. But that's basically the movie. <laughs> that's more or less kind more of. More or less. Mm-hmm. Without giving anything away. Yeah. More or less the plot line anyway. So, but it's got Ben Stiller, which I know you guys are going to say. It's all about Ben Stiller. Okay. But yeah. hear me out. Wait. Okay. Yeah, okay. Wait. Okay. I'm waiting. But it has uh, Robin Williams. Yeah. Plays Theodore Roosevelt. Um, 
how do you say it? Rami Malik. Rami Malik, yeah. Malik. Uh, I Atman Ra. Yeah. Um, Steve Coogan is Octavian. Which is amazing. And Owen Wilson is Jedediah. Which is also <laughs> amazing. <laughs> I love him so much in this. Okay, here's my reasoning here. Okay. Okay. So I think all those guys that are in the museum, this wouldn't be a movie without them. They all have to come together, make this thing work to put the museum back together. To save the museum, right? Mm -hmm. If you take out Ben Stiller's life outside of the museum, it's still the same movie. I don't, again, I don't care <laughs> about his broken home or trying to impress the kid or I, I don't care about any of that. I care about the hygiene. The stuff goes that goes on in, in the, museum, the museum. And, and then if you take that and then put on the other movies that come after it, it's all about the museum characters. Well, no, because it does get day. into what's going on with his life because then with his kid and all that kind of stuff and growing up and the, the whole... Yeah, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Matt, you, you want to tackle this first? I I actually, I agree with Megan. Yes! I, I didn't think that Marcus I would. Kiss ass mofo. No, I didn't think I would at first because it is a Ben Stiller vehicle. Yeah. Um, you're right, but the, the point that you make, if you took Ben Stiller out and it was still Dick Van Dyke who was the guard those shenanigans would still be happening no matter what. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, 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 I'll go with that. I, I totally I see that. Um, now, I say that very reluctantly because I'm not a Ben Stiller <laughs> fan in oh. general. Um, and, and that has nothing to do you know, with the character. It's just his movies are very tough for me to watch. So when you've got all these other great characters who are doing stuff, I'm cool with that because I don't have to watch Ben Stiller. So <laughs> okay. yeah, but but no, I think okay. I think you're right, <laughs> and I think the way that they all interact together um, is fantastic. So especially you know Steve Coogan and when Owen Wilson with the two of them together, their oh chemistry the is best part they, of yeah, the entire the, movie. Yes, yes, they are. You know, you I throw the monkey. Yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. You throw the monkey in there, and you've got like the perfect trifecta for me. <laughs> so uh, yeah, as far as an ensemble goes to make the movie work. If you took those characters out and it was Ben Stiller with other people playing those parts, I don't know that it would work, it would so, work so well. well. So I, 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 I didn't think I would, but I do agree with you. Thank you, Matt. I appreciate that. Yay. Okay. You're my favorite. So, wow. Well, I was never your favorite to begin with, so because <laughs> Vito's gone, so you know whatever. But anyway. All right, give it to me. I, I don't. I think I know you want me to say I'm wrong. I got it twice earlier. So. <laughs> I, I don't know that I'm wrong. I, I think that I think I'm right, but this is where it comes down to what we talked about at the beginning of the show where it's it's coming down to like personal um, standards mm -hmm. and stuff, you know. I wouldn't include this for the same reason I wouldn't include stripes, which I had originally wanted to include. Um, because I was looking at Stripes the same way you are looking at Night at the Museum. I was looking at Stripes like, you know, to me, Ramus's character and Candy's character and, you know, all the different people's, like, characters in that were so important to me in that movie, and I feel like they are just as much stars in so many ways as fucking Bill Murray is, you know what I mean? Like, not that I didn't like Bill Murray, but you know what I mean? Like, he, he, he in my mind, didn't stand out as being that important, just like Ben Stiller doesn't stand out in your mind as being that much more important than everything else. Like, mm -hmm. that it's so... All those other people are so important in, and the way they interact with each other and carry the story along is important. So, 
I guess in that regard, I do agree. Close enough. I'll take it. You know, I guess in that regard, I, I have to agree with you on that and everything. But for my standards, just the way it is kind of made and the way it's presented and the way they want it, 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 it you know, Stripes is a Bill Murray movie, Night at the Museum is a uh, Ben Stiller movie, so it's like technically, it's probably not, but I could accept that as, as being it, you know. Because yeah, I see it like it's more Ben Stiller's character is their vehicle to, to have stop the what's happening. I, yeah, it's and that's what it is. It's I, I get that. I know it makes sense, and I just love Night at the Museum so fucking much. It's one of my favorite yeah. movies of all time. I love the second one especially. Yeah, that's the one with uh, Amy Adams in it. I think so. With yeah, Maybe 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 Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I enjoy Amelia Earhart. Brown chicken, brown cow. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So okay. We'll let it slide. All right, I'm All right. in. I'll take it. <laughs> All right, so we're just we just got a last couple of ones. Uh, one, I'll I'll keep this one fairly short because I know you guys aren't familiar with it. I'm not at all. Again, I thought it was Cooper. No, no, no. <laughs> it, you were close enough. No, it's, it's Stanley, Stanley Kramer. Kramer. Stanley Kramer film. So it's close a yet. So far. Different, so different, far. different director from the '60s. Um, so this movie, this was I feel like this was the one that really really started and really defines what is a uh, an ensemble film because now to a lot of younger uh, listeners or viewers maybe even like yourselves or even younger and stuff you might look at the names that are in here and go yeah, I'm not I'm not too familiar with it but this was literally like on par and more with like an Ocean's Eleven type cast these were like the big fucking name stars of its time so it's a movie the main cast and this isn't even counting there's a shitload of fucking cameos you were gonna say this. fuck ton weren't you yeah i was trying to decide between fuck ton and shitload but it was not quite a fuck ton but a shitload mm. of cameos of big cameos in this movie from people like uh jerry lewis and uh and uh who's the one with the the violin i can't even think of his name now jack benny you know, like all these old famous comedians from the 40s, 50s, 60s and stuff. Three Stooges have a, a, you know, a cameo. The actual Three Stooges have a cameo in this. They're the small ones, you know. The big cast is Spencer Tracy, Milton Berle, Sid Caesar. You know who Sid Caesar is? Mm -hmm. He's the coach from Greece. Oh, oh okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. See, that's what I said. They named the salad after him. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> salad Caesar. <laughs> Buddy Hackett, one of the funniest fucking comedians ever oh my god buddy hackett was amazing ethel merman you know who ethel merman is right and maybe you know from airplane he thinks he's ethel merman you'll be great you'll be swell <laughs> yeah um mickey rooney you gotta know mickey rooney right phil silvers jonathan winters who at the very least you have to know who jonathan winters mm -hmm. is because that was mork and mindy's kid do you remember when mork and mindy had had a kid and he was an old man mm -hmm. You remember that? Yeah. You don't remember? Oh my I god! Oh. <sighs> oh wow! Okay. So hard, guys. Anyway, so Edie Adams, Jimmy Durante, you know everybody, <laughs> Jimmy, <laughs> yeah, with that, with the nose, and everything old. That's and he was old at that point, you know. It's this amazing movie, and it 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 not only is it an ensemble comedy thing, but it also set up. All the other movies that came later that have to do with 
uh, going out on the road on the big chase, uh, Cannonball Run. This predates Cannonball Run. What this is about is a bunch of people are driving down a California highway and they witness a car accident. They witness a car go down this embankment and crash and everything. Uh, the people out of these several cars, and they're all, they don't know each other, just different people, all run down to see if the guy is okay that was driving the car, and it was Jimmy Durante. And you come to find out Jimmy Durante was this like criminal uh, con guy that had gotten away or whatever, and he tells them as he's laying there on his deathbed, as he's, as he's ready to die, that he was, he, you know, he's going to die before he can go and retrieve his big uh, um, treasure that he had, you know, of all this money. He had. It was, I forget how much money it was supposed to be. It was like $200,000 or something like that, which back then in 1963 was like a lot of money. And he tells them that it's buried under a big W. And they're going, a big W? What, what the hell are you talking about? So he gives them like, he gives them like these basic instructions of like where they gotta go to like figure out how to you know it's over in this other town or whatever. I was on my way there and now I'm gonna die, and it's you know it's in this town and it's buried under a big W, you know. So whoever gets it, it's yours, kind of thing. And then he dies, and then they're all kind of like, wow, you know, that's that's like you know we feel so bad for this poor guy. Wow, that's a crazy story. Uh, yeah, well, it's nice meeting you. I, I guess, yeah, time to go home. You know, they're all acting sort of like nonchalant. like, uh, And then they all individually get in their cars and they're like, we're going after that money, right? And they're like, of course we are. We have to. And so it becomes this another thing like Cannonball where they have to go like on this long stretch. I forget how many miles away it is to get from where they're at to where this this money is buried. And they don't even know exactly where it is. They just know it's under a big W. That's the only clue they have of it. And... So they gradually see that each one of them is like full of shit that they're not going home. Like they know they're all like going after and everything. They're like, oh, no, 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 no. We're going to, you know, we're going to beat them to it. And it just, it gets so ridiculous. It's, I, I, I can't give away the ending because the ending is just tops it all off. Meanwhile, Spencer Tracy is the uh, cop detective guy who is who wants who wants to solve this crime, solve this case, find this money and everything. He's got this horrible life. His he, his wife hates him and stuff. His his kid is threatening to run away with some beatnik or something like that. It's the sixties, <laughs> and he's just like he's supposed to be like retiring, but he has like no money. Like all his retire, there's no like retirement pension for him. Anyway, it's that, and this movie influenced a lot of other movie makers and writers and stuff later without this movie there'd be no airplane there'd be no cannonball run there'd be no you know there'd be none of that kind of stuff it may be hard to grasp that from the way i'm excitedly explaining this but you just got to take my word <laughs> i'm gonna for check it. it out this weekend you, well, hopefully you get better luck than i do yeah, yeah. Where you're just it's like right in my alley. Screen. It's a freaking treasure hunt. It, it is. It sounds really cool. That's a all. And it's not. Yeah, and it's not. You know, it's not raunchy because of like the made made in the time it was. Like I said, it's more you know fairly wholesome mm -hmm. unless you're an adult and you get like some of the you know, entendres and a lot of that kind of stuff. And yeah, it's it's a it's an interesting movie. It's amazing they got made. It also made a lot of money 
because it cost $9 million to make, which in 1963 was a lot of money, but for the cast it had and all the locations and the effects and everything, it earned $60 million. Wow. wow. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. $60 million for the early 60s. That's yeah. huge. This yeah. is a big, this was considered one of the big, big movies to, you know, probably one of the biggest movies of like the 50s and 60s and stuff. It's a good movie. I'm just warning you, because it's older, it has moments where you're like... Okay, you know, it's got some great slapstick and action and stuff, but it does have those moments where it slows down and it takes forever. This movie is also like three hours long. Holy moly, really? Yeah, at least. It's like a little more, I think, maybe. It's it's, it's a three-hour long movie. It actually had an intermission when it showed at the movie theater and stuff. there was a, They would get halfway through it, and then they had like a ten-minute intermission. So it's slightly shorter than this podcast? Um, slightly. Just slightly, yeah. <laughs> No, this podcast isn't going to be that long no, no, once no, I edit no, it. No, no, it's going to be great. <laughs> but we only have one more movie to talk about. How does about. this end? And, right uh, at the end. Yeah. I like that we're doing it this way because I know you and I, well, we all did. We all ranked this. This was your number one. This is my number one. This, this is my... your two and your three. Yes. And I'm actually surprised you made this number three because I know you love this movie. No, but the other two, I, I... I get it. I get it. But yeah, I'm, I'm excited to talk about this movie. Um, not only because we all love it so much, which makes me really happy. But, you know, when I was doing research for this episode that we're recording, and I was trying to look up stuff and go, well, what are some articles or what are some other YouTube videos or whatever where people were doing similar kind of things? And there wasn't a lot. Mm-mm. Uh, which was kind of cool. I was like, okay, well, cool, we're doing something unique. But on the ones that I did read, most of the ones I read and stuff that I saw, this movie didn't really get consideration too much. And I feel like this movie's... I Even when I was doing the research on it, I found out this movie didn't do good at all. It did no, not. It did no, not. no. This, and this movie thrived on video. This is where like the cult following happened. Yes. So again, we're talking about Clue 1985. Fuck yes, we are. Um, so you have six guests anonymously invited to this mansion... Uh, the host is killed. Uh, people keep dying <laughs> off one by one, and they're trying to figure out who done it. Yes, love a who done it. I love a good who done it. Yeah, as, you know. as do I. As, as do like, I. Growing up, I loved the Agatha Christie type movies, mm-hmm. like that that murder mystery kind of thing. And this obviously is right in that wheelhouse. Yeah. But when I was a kid, outside of the cast, you know, Tim Curry. This this started my love <laughs> for Tim Curry. And I think we're all pretty much in agreement. I'm, I'm assuming as much there. Yeah. Um, you know, Christopher Lloyd, Michael McKeon, Martin Mull, Leslie Ann Warren, Colleen Camp, uh, the cameo by Jane Wheedland from, you know, from the Girl Madeline Kahn. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah and that, a movie that has cameos not only by Jane from the Go Go's, but leaving from Fear. Right. Yeah. From the fucking punk band Fear, which uh-huh. is one of my favorite bands of all time. And when I found out he was in that, I was like, well, what? <laughs> yeah. And I knew nothing of him. I just knew his name was Lee Ving. And as a yeah. kid, I'm like, that's, that's awesome. Cool that's yeah. a cool, cool name. And then I you know, figured out who he was and everything. But outside of that ensemble cast, I loved those three endings. And yes. I always thought that was so cool. Because you know, if you haven't seen Clue, there are, it could have happened this way. And they play out who one of the killers could have been. Or it could have happened this way. And so there are the three distinct endings. And what I thought was awesome is when that came out, each ending aired in a different theater. Which was cool and unique, but, but also worked against them. Yeah, it, yeah, and from what I was reading in that article was that it bombed because people weren't going to go see this movie three times, which right. is what they were hoping people would no. do, but it didn't work that, that was, way. That was, that was foolish on their part yeah. to think that. Had this come out, had this movie come out exactly like that in 1975... 
Yeah, I think it would have done better. I think you would have gotten enough hype about it and people would have gone to see it three times or a couple times or whatever. But in the era when people knew, I mean, this was 85, people knew this was coming out on video. By yeah. that point, a good majority of households You're just gonna wait for it. were e either owned VCRs or they used to rent them. You would actually rent VCRs yeah. on the weekend and stuff. Like, that was real common. So knowing that that was happening, I think a lot of people were like, uh... This was one of the first casualties of, eh, I'll wait for it to come out on video. <laughs> this was actually a movie that got better for me as I got older. Agreed. You know, first of all, because, as I'm sure case with you guys, too, is I saw it fairly young. I mean, when I saw it at the theater, I was only 12. Mm -hmm. So I was old enough to enjoy it and get it. But there was a lot of that humor I still didn't get. You know, mm -hmm. <laughs> certain questions. I thought they said, "You're a plant." I thought, "About <laughs> yeah. mine when you were called a fruit." Yeah, exactly. I yeah. didn't even get that. Joke. No, I didn't you know until I was mean? older. But it, it was, it was, it was Colleen Camp. Like you had her oh, in that big push-up yeah. thing. So again, you know, twelve-year-old me loved. I twelve-year-old me was all about Leslie Ann Warren. Oh, that was Leslie Ann Warren. <laughs> yeah, she was man. Yeah, you know, and it's funny. Like I. I couldn't tell you why I loved it so much when I was a kid, but the more that I view it as I get older, I find more and more things to appreciate. Yes. You know, um, we were talking, I, I was mentioning like Tim Curry, like it started my love for him. He played the straight man so very well to this eccentric cast of characters that were these comedians that were cast. I feel very, very well for their pieces. But there was one portion, and I'm, the last time I watched it, I caught this when, uh, they're all in the, I think it's the library or the study. And, uh, uh, Tim Curry is going through the list of what everybody did and what they were blackmailed for. Yeah. And Michael McKeon says, I'm not going to wait for this. I'm gay. And it flips to Tim Curry, who has these sheets of paper, and he just does this. Like, he flips to find out what's going on, but he has this, like, wide-eyed look on his face. Yeah. Like, the face that he gives makes that scene. <laughs> and when you can when you can make me chuckle just by a face that you're oh, making, yeah. it's, it's amazing yeah. to me. And I absolutely love that. Um, but I also love, like... It was kind of that love letter to the 1940s, too. Yeah. The way it was shot, the mansion, all of that stuff. It had that old, like, pre-Technicolor kind of feel to it. Sure. And, like, it was awesome. Yeah. When did you see this movie, Meg? I actually saw this movie as an adult. Oh, yeah. oh okay. I thought I, you I, saw this I, when you were younger. No, I had never even heard of this movie. Okay. Until I was way older. <laughs> Probably my 20s. Adult, adult. Um, but I wanted to see it because I love Clue. The game. The actual so it was game. Like, it was my favorite board game of all time, is Clue. Mm -hmm. So I was like, how can I not love this? So, I don't know. I love it. What's your favorite character? Um, can you pick a favorite character? Like I, Tim Curry. Yeah. Him running around all over the place and people, everybody yeah. chasing him around and yeah. running into each other. Yeah. I, for me, it's a it's a cross between as much as I like Leslie and Warren. Uh, it for me, favorite character would be a cross between uh, Tim Curry and Michael McKean. Yeah. <laughs> he's just, yeah. he's brilliant. I'm a big Michael McKean fan anyway. Of course, I love Spinal Tab, and I love Lenny and the Squig Tones, and, <laughs> and I, love, I love a lot of his roles he's played and everything, but uh, I, I just thought the way he played that character and a lot of his humor in that, mm -hmm. like you said, and things that he says is so subtle in a lot of ways. Like, I, man, just... Everybody in that movie is fucking yeah. great. I can't really... I guess it's hard to pick a favorite. But. Well, and I talked earlier, like, I love a movie that's quotable. And there's so oh, many, yeah. like, one-offs in that. Like, when my wife and I get confused about something, we do the one plus two plus two plus one? one? Yeah, yeah. One plus one no, plus one two plus, two plus, two plus, two plus one. one plus yes. one. Yeah. <laughs> and that's like... Or the, the flames on the side of my... Yeah. Like, breathing. 
I hated her so much. <laughs> like flames, the side of my face, this breathing, bur- breathing burning. burning. <laughs> I, me too. I think of that a lot as well. Yeah, no. The, I just watched this movie uh, back around Halloween. I, I watched this. It was on, um, I don't know, Peacock TV or something like that. It was on like at two in the morning, and it was it, again. It's one of those ones. I'm like. Ah shit! I was gonna go to bed, but now yeah, I gotta now watch some of this. It. Yeah. Everything. It's. I honestly think that it's one of those movies that still hasn't gotten. A lot of old movies have gotten rediscovered, and I keep expecting people to find this movie and go, "Oh, this movie deserved way more like his respect for it. It's great, and look at this cast and everything." Because now a lot of these actors are. And actresses are considered to be pretty legendary, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Madeline Kahn, I mean, come on. She was incredible. Um, so I keep expecting there to be this like resurgence, you know, of people going, you know, it's a great movie and this deserves more. And it really hasn't yet. This goes along with some other movies like that I keep expecting people to find, like Young Sherlock Holmes, and I'm like, it's a fucking great movie! And people are like, oh yeah, whatever. And I'm like, dude... You know, like Tron. People have found Tron now, and that didn't do all that great. But now people are like, "Oh, Tron! Yeah, of course that mm-hmm. movie's in." Pr-. And it was so. And I keep expecting that for Clue, and it's not happening. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a bummer, because mm-hmm. even though it's kind of fun that it's our like little thing, you know what I mean. But at the same time, I'm like, "Ah, oh, that movie deserves better." I don't know. Well, I wanted to ask you. You played the game a lot. Mm-hmm. I I try and play that game, and I suck at it. Like <laughs> my my mental skills. I can't break down enough of, okay, well, it's not here, so it may be here, and those kind of things. Um, like, do you play well? I, yeah. You beat me at it. I sure <laughs> did. Yeah, yeah I, I, I just can't do it. But one of the things that I liked as far as the board game goes to the adaptation of the film is the way that the secret passages work, that they tied them in perfectly to the rooms yeah. that they should have they been should in have as been far in. as the games go. It was very true to it as far as an adaptation of what that game should be, and I, I just totally dug that. And then I also dug the fact that, as I was doing research on this movie for the podcast, is that they found a mansion to film that in. Like, it was on location at this mansion in California. No, it wasn't a set. It was a mansion, with the exception of the ballroom. The ballroom they built specifically, but everything else, they found this mansion that just worked perfectly. And uh, unfortunately, it burned down in 2005. Oh, man. And when it burned down, like, people left flowers and cards for the house itself because it was so quintessential and a part of that. Oh, and wow. like I just it That's was amazing. yeah it was really cool like the little backstory of that and it kind of pisses me off because I would have loved to like when I found that out I'm like I need to as go to soon as you, I, I know she was like, thinking like, the same like, thing as soon as you, you started would, to say you that to I do was a wild like hogs trip like I would have jumped on some bikes and been over there but yeah it's oh man yeah as soon as you were starting to talk about it when you said there was it was you in the real mansion I'm like oh shit yeah. we might have to check Perfect. that out yeah. but oh what a shame yeah, one of my favorite things to do while playing Clue is once I know something I'll do everything possible to throw everybody else off. Yeah, I feel like I couldn't play with you. I'd lose, <laughs> I, I lose horrendously anyway, but to play like that, yeah, I'd be So lost. do you folks at home want to see us do a Board Geeks episode? I would totally be down for where, that. Where we sit there and we try to play Clue, and you all get to laugh and watch Megan kick our ass at this. <laughs> yeah. Now you said that, you guys are going to kick my ass. Uh, yeah, I, I doubt it. Something. Uh, something, something tells me, you know. But yeah, man, it's... It's a great movie. I'm glad you made it your number one. Um, like I said, if it wouldn't have been for how Mad, 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 Mad World looms, you know, and everything, Clue would have been my number one. 
Yeah. Like I said, I thought... I'm glad it was on our list. Yeah, that's really... That's the only one, right? That's, that's one the of, only one. Yeah, the only one that made all three. So that makes it number one. In our hearts. Exactly. It's number one. <laughs> it is the number one if we were ranking... You know, if we were adding up points, it'd uh-huh. be the number one mm-hmm. for Geeking Poetic Podcast. Yeah. And with that, I mean, I think that's pretty much it. Um, the only other thing, like I said, I had mentioned my one honorable mention. Another one I want to mention um, is an honorable, because this is one of the uh, offshoots of Mad Mad World Like that came along. was a was a goofy movie, and it made me think of what you were saying about seeing it on like WGN, you know, and a, a Sunday movie kind of thing. That's how I saw it. It was a movie called Scavenger Hunt from 1979, and it's it's... It's a late 70s kind of B, I'm not going to say it's low budget, but I mean, it, it isn't exactly, you know, a Spielberg movie, you know what I mean? But uh, uh, it's, it's the same kind of principle, you know, same kind of concept about these people trying to go on the scavenger hunt to win like this big amount of money. They're all kind of trying to beat each other and sometimes they're even sort of trying to under underhandedly, you know, undercut each other, do things to make people get out of the race but i mean it's got this huge cast it's even got cameos that, like by people in it like arnold schwarzenegger and this is like 79 wow i i uh, you'd have to do a little more i don't remember the whole cast now i haven't seen it in quite a while which is one of the reasons why i was like well i'll make it an honorable mention because i i really need to rewatch it what yeah, about and, you and my, mine was galaxy quest just galaxy yeah quest? it was yeah. um you know galaxy quest was up there um and again to me that was so, ellen rickman was in it and again <laughs> i was you know because of Die Hard, anything Ellen Rickman is in or was in, I would, you know, watch in a heartbeat. Uh, Tim Ellen, Sigourney Weaver, you know, who, you know, quintessential alien yeah. kind of woman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, who else? Uh, Tony Shalhoub right. was in it. Um, uh, the guy that played Guy. What was his name? Oh, um, forget. Uh, God, was, I haven't seen Galaxy Quest in like. Uh, he was uh, years. in Iron Man 2. He played. Um, he was against Tony Stark, um, Justin Hammer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, so he played, but he played the extra named guy. Right. And he's like, I can't go and be missions. On you know, I'm the kind of the extra named guy. I'm gonna be the first one that goes out. <laughs> and it was such a great send up to Star Trek and that entire yeah. world. It was. It, 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 I just loved the humor of it. Um, you know, it, it it talked to the the sci fi conventions, which I love going to, right. and the world that that was, and how you know fanboy some of those people can be. And it just it was a really nice homage to yeah. all of that entire world. But the, the cast that they picked for it, I just thoroughly enjoyed. So that was that was my uh, that makes sense. My honorable mention. Yeah, I, that's fair enough. That kind of would be like up there for me, sort of like Ghostbusters is where yeah. it's kind of a. No, no, and I, I agree with you. I think that it is a Tim Allen vehicle with other people surrounding it, which is why it made my honorable mention rather right. than that that full list of things. But when you've got that supporting cast of characters like Sigourney Weaver and yeah. you know Alan Rickman and those things, it's hard to discount that as just a Tim Allen vehicle because they are so so well known. In addition to that, and important, yeah, yeah, they're not just sort of like throwaway or kind of like, well, it's cool they were there, but you know, we didn't. It's fair enough. I- I agree. Do you remember? You don't. You still don't remember what yours was, huh? Uh, the only one that popped in my head right now is like Love Actually. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. That's my so wife's many. favorite Christmas movie. We watch it once a year. <laughs> um, but I, it's 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 one of those cusp movies. It's not quite comedy. It's a little bit more romantic, but. Yeah, cast of characters in that, as far as an ensemble goes, that's a true ensemble I'm movie because there really is thought, not one. And you're right, and uh, yeah, and I wouldn't have thought of that. That's, I, I like that movie quite yeah. a bit, and I would not have thought of that, but that is very much 
Ensemble. Ensemble, yeah. And I love how it kind of ties, and in ways, a lot of it ties together at the end and everything. Mm -hmm. And yeah, no, that's a man. That's a good movie. Yeah, you got Hugh Grant in that again. Alan Rickman. Yeah. You know, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, The guy that played Rick from Yeah, Rick Grimes. Yeah, yeah. That's Andrew Andrew Lincoln. Andrew Lincoln. And it's so funny to me when Walking Dead first came out. I was so interested. It was like seeing Michael Keaton as Batman because right. you knew he was Mr. Mom and you're like, how is he going to play this right. badass as Batman? And that's how Andrew Lincoln was because I knew him as this softie from Love Actually who's going to play Rick <laughs> right. I'm like, how is this going to work? <laughs> and, it, you know, it did. But still, it's one of those, this guy's yeah. got range. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, a, it's a really good movie. Yeah. No, I that's know. a good pick, though. I like that one. Yeah, yeah. it just kind of borders, like you said, is it, is it comedy or more romantic? I think it's, it's a rom-com. Yeah, Totally. It's yeah. a rom com, so it's you know kind of like yeah, Ghostbusters is like yeah. a th- it's comedy thriller. And, yeah. Yeah. and I mean, there's boobs in it, which make me happy. I mean, there's some really good quotable lines in there. So it's all yeah. needs is boobs, from airplane to Love Actually, as yeah. long as it's got boobs, we're good. We are good. <laughs> but yeah, this was fun. This was cool. I was glad we got to do something. I know this is long. I know people at home, you know, that's what you got the pause button for, you know. You listen yeah. to it tomorrow. You Thank finish you guys it. so much for having me. This was an no. absolute blast. And I we'll, hope I get to come back sometime. You will, yeah. We're already, as you know, letting people know. Yeah, we're already talking about we got a lot of ideas. Um, you know, this is going to be one of the last things that's going to come out for 2021. Uh, we've got a lot of plans, a lot of potential plans. There's a lot of stuff that's going to be coming. As I talked about when we did the live stream, for those that didn't see it or hear it, um, uh, I'm going to be incorporating far more music content like we've threatened to do for almost four years now. It's it's, it's going to happen. It's overdue. Matt obviously could in, you know, inject a lot of music uh, content stuff. We know plenty of other uh, people that could be awesome guests uh, to talk about music stuff. So that's going to come into it. We're going to branch off and do... Uh, yeah, different topics, more, you know, we, we have a tendency to sometimes get real stuck on, you know, like Stephen King and Harrison Ford and Star Trek and, you know, and it's like, so we're... we're fresh we're, blood gives us fresh topics. Yeah, and it's a time, yeah, so we're going we're gonna to be incorporating a lot of stuff, so if any of you have suggestions, things you'd like to see and hear from us, let us know, uh, and uh, with that, yeah, that's that's about it. So. Merry Christmas, everybody. Yeah. Happy, Happy holidays. Happy New Year. Merry New Year, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Happy New Year. All right. We'll see you all soon. Bye. Bye.